My name is Primetime Travi T, and I'm a book it boy. And that means I'm better than you. Welcome to Book It, a wrestling podcast where we book and revisit your favorite wrestling storylines. I'm your commissioner, High Five Mike, and today I'm your GM's Damone, D-Money Allen. My 100th favorite color is Brilliant Blue. Primetime, Travi T. You sound like Cerulean, Damone. <laughs> Don't Late do night, Keefy Keef. I'm late night, Keefy Keef, and I'm hungry. And the bad guy. The hell? <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're not watching the video version of this right now, stop what you're doing and go to YouTube and watch the video version because Kenny's facial reaction to that was hilarious. This shit was gross. <laughs> it was Mike time. Mike time the the situation like the switch perfectly for for Kenny to be like still sitting there smiling and then him. Realize what had just happened. His whole face crunched up. (laughs) 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 Welcome to Book It. Uh, This week, we are going to continue on with the final round of Book It Verse 3 with Travi's uh, two-part finale. (sighs) 47 (laughs) matches. And it's not like Damone's where he kind of cut it down to a decent amount of matches. You had how many? 18 a night? 18 and 19? Yes. Yes. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is breaking news that that nobody knows yet. Two matches removed from night one to night two. So the first night is only seven matches. (laughs) Oh, because he didn't finish it. He didn't finish writing it. Yep. If I had to guess, he just didn't finish writing it. Yep. You had like a month and a half. I also have a 54 an hour week job and 40 hours a week to go to school. Get my bachelor's degree. So, I yes, see this, I, I have. I had see that. this man in me- messenger. He could be taking that time to write it. In. I had. <laughs> I just got exactly. done with a hard breakup. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's me. That's my excuse. He took all my fucking toilet paper. She mm. took half my toilet paper. <laughs> what? <laughs> she took one. She took the dog. She was supposed to leave the dog. She took it. Took half your toilet you paper. You left me with the goddamn rats that I don't want. <laughs> I love my rats. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You got treated like Rob Kardashian. Like you guys. <laughs> I didn't. That's not my story. I told right. that. <laughs> All right. So, but Travis's real story. We're gonna go ahead and get that going. If you don't know what Book It versus, it is our full-on fantasy companies, uh, universes, whatever you want to call them. And if you haven't listened to one, don't start here. Go back to the beginning of this series or the first one. Or I honestly, don't do the first one. You can do the second one. No, you should do the first one. It's cha- you, you can watch it change one. and evolve. From the first one. You should watch this, every single fact. episode of Book It that's ever happened. I was like, yeah. technically, Start if you want to, we've been doing Book It Verse since the beginning. It just, y'all didn't realize it. We did the moment we're ahead of the curve. Those are Book It Verse <laughs> negative one. It would have been a lot yeah. negative. Negative like 100 because they're doing it every week. Yeah. Every <laughs> week we're booking against each other head to head. But there's no there's no scores. I was you know, I said who won and who lost. Yeah. Which, I didn't like time. that. I call yeah, that 3K. Tra- I, think I don't Travis even think half the time usually won. Pre K, pre Kevin. <laughs> no, I didn't use no, it was, it was pre Keith. No. Pre Kenny. 
Yeah. All right, okay. that's too many that's K's in a row, guys. <laughs> that's why she's not here. I was like, Kevin uh, Keith and Kenny can't be a faction. Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Although. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get oh, started. Oh, KKK, I get it. <laughs> Tell me the PCW. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, Travis, tell us about your sh- your company, your show, and uh, looking for the. All right, here. so I decided I'm going to do um, Primetime Championships presents Ground Zero Episode Two, and we're going to start with the future. No, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> <laughs> Kenny got nervous. That's all he said. This is a bad decision. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny was like, I might not end up in last. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's jump right in, gentlemen. So Shannon Moore walks out on the first episode of Rebellion after takeover one night only with a brand new look. His long blonde hair is now replaced by a black and blonde mohawk. His face is covered in makeup and he's wearing a studded leather uh, vest and leather pants. Shannon Moore walks around the ring stone-faced while the crowd boos him. Shannon Moore finally grabs a microphone and addresses the crowd. Sunday night, we lost our match. The Omega lost to the Asylum, and once again, it was all due to the weak link. Growing up in North Carolina, Shane, Matt, Jeff, and I were inseparable, but everyone knew who the weak link of the group was even way back then. Sunday night showed the world exactly what everyone else was already thinking. This trio would have been a lot better if Matt Hardy was the third man. Instead, we got stuck with Gregory Helms. Who the hell even is Gregory Helms, Shane? That's not even your name! You've always been stuck playing make-believe. Now it's pretending that you're named Greg. Before that, it was running around in green tights pretending you were some sort of comic book protagonist. And before that... It was you pretending that you were even remotely close to being half the talents of the Hardy Boys or the number one export of Omega Wrestling, Shannon freaking Moore. At TakeOver One Night Only, you wanted to be the hero. You couldn't stand that I was about to do what you couldn't do for months. You couldn't stand that I was going to pin Muhammad Hassan, so you came in the ring to distract the referee and stop the count. You cost us the match, Shane. You cost us everything. You made me look like a fool out there because of your jealousy. You were always jealous of me. For 20 long years, you've been jealous of me. I had to make a decision last Sunday after the match. I had to look at this rationally. I had to do what nobody else in the Omega was ever willing to do. I saw a cancer within us. A poison coursing through our veins. I had a choice to make. Die alongside you. Let the Omega die alongside you. Or cut the cancer off. So like a necrotted limb, I cut you from the Omega. Now for days I've seen and heard the backlash. Shannon, that was your friend. Your best friend for over 20 years. The man that loved you, Shannon. Shannon Moore takes a moment and stares coldly into the crowd. Does it look like I give a fuck? Shannon Moore drops the mic and stares emotionlessly into the camera. That That week on Alpha. (laughs) On Alpha, (laughs) Shannon. I appreciate it, Keith. (laughs) Shannon Moore and Tetsuya Naito have a singles match the last 18 minutes in the opening match of Alpha. Shannon Moore wins with a Morgasm. The next week, Shannon Moore defeats the Great Muda in six minutes with a Morgasm. 
Um, that week on Alpha, Shannon Moore defeats Tyler Breeze with a Morgasm after the model citizens and the rude ones cause a distraction in a nine-minute match on Alpha. Uh, the next week on Rebellion, Shannon Moore wins yet another match against Tyson Kidd in a 23-minute main event match. Uh, he wins with the, the uh, Morgasm. Next week, Shannon Moore opens uh, Alpha with a promo. Shane, I've spent the past few weeks looking over my shoulder, worried about what may be looming around every corner. I hate what I had to do to you, and the repercussions of that are haunting me. I thought each week my comeuppance would be waiting for me. I thought one day I'd be walking through the hall, and there you'd be ready to take my head off for how I had wronged you. I thought you would want to bring me the justice I so rightfully deserved. I was wrong. I had given you too much credit. I had expected too much of you. Shane Helms really was just playing make-believe all these years. He's no hero. He's not even man enough to face the truth. Shane Helms is a coward, and he got what he deserved at TakeOver one night only. The fall of Shane Helms directly coincides with the rise of Shannon Moore. I cut off the dead weight, and I have risen to the top as I was always destined to. I am the number one export of Mega Wrestling. I am sensational, Shane, Gregory, Marcus, whatever you're calling yourself today. Stay home. Stay in the shadows. Stay safe. This is all I've ever wanted. And if you come back into the light to try to stop me, to try to take this from me, to try to get your retribution, I will end you. I will make sure your career dies. I'll make sure you never walk again, Shane. I'll make sure your daughters don't recognize you. So for them, stay home. Make sure they have a daddy to play with. Make sure they have a daddy at all, Shane. Shannon Moore drops the mic and stares into the camera coldly. The next week on Rebellion, Shannon Moore faces Jay Briscoe in a singles match for the Intercontinental Championship. After Shannon Moore hits Jay Briscoe with a Morgasm, he goes for a pin, but Gregory, Mu Gregory Helms' music hits, and he runs out. Shannon Moore looks like he has seen a ghost, and Gregory Helms ro rolls in the ring and starts assaulting Moore. Shannon Moore manages to roll out of the ring and escape through the crowd. Gregory Helms stands on the turnbuckle, shouting at Moore to come back into the ring. The match ends as a no-contest draw after nine minutes. The next week, uh, Gregory Helms comes out on Rebellion with a mic in hand. PTC, did you miss me? Now let's talk about the rat in the room. Shannon Moore, you thought you had it all figured out, didn't you? You'd weasel your way into a contract by using me as your end. Then instead of having to compete with me, you take me out and try to carve your name into the upper echelon of PTC. You thought those threats would keep me at bay. You thought wrong, Shannon. We were friends for 20 long, long years. I didn't want that friendship to end, but clearly you did. So if you like it, I love it. If you want to be my enemy, you want to threaten my career, threaten my children's father, threaten my life, then let's do this, Shannon. I've been kicking your ass since we were boys, but this time, this time's going to be different. I'm going to take my time, and I'm going to make sure this is the end. I'm going to make sure make sure you meet your demise as our friendship did. Just as Gregory Helms finishes his sentence, we are clapping over the PA system. The Travitron shows Shannon Moore clapping his hands. Bravo, 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 Shannon. Your words are very moving. You're very inspirational. But this isn't a fairy tale. The hero doesn't come out on top at the end of the story, Shane. You and I both want the very same thing. The problem is, we stand in each other's way. Neither can live while the other survives. I want to end this. I want to wipe my hands of you. 
I want to finish this the same way it started. So at TakeOver Armageddon, I want to rid PTC of Gregory Helms. So here's what we'll do. Loser leaves town ladder match. There's only room for one Omega here. Gregory, Gregory Helms is in the ring as he shouts out Euro One, and the segment ends. Uh, the next week, then Gregory Kenny Omega Helms comes out and says he's the only Omega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gregory Helms and Tyson Kidd have a nine-minute match that sees Helms win with the best-kept finish. After the match, Shannon Moore attacks Gregory Helms and beats him until he's unconscious. Shannon Moore puts uh, Gregory Helms' lifeless body in the center of the ring before setting a ladder up over Helms, pinning him to the ground. Moore climbs to the top of the ladder and speaks to the world while perched at the top. Shane, you've lost your touch, old friend. I thought for sure you'd be ready for anything. You weren't even ready for such a simple plan of attack. This proves my point. You've grown weak. Your time has come and gone. The Helms era is over. But the Moore era has just begun. At TakeOver Armageddon, this will be exactly what you're looking at. Gregory Helms lying on the ground lifeless as sensational Shannon Moore stands tall. Get ready for your demise, Shane, because I have been ready for this moment for years. I am the number one export of Omega Wrestling, and it's long overdue that you all accept it. Gregory Helms walks out on Rebellion the next week, and he looks furious. Helms walks around the ring before grabbing the mic. Shannon, you're nothing more than a dirty little rat. I can't believe I spent my entire life standing by you, calling you my friend, calling you my family. You want to talk about being the number one export of Omega Wrestling, yet the highlight of your career is carrying Matt Hardy's bags. Every single one of us in the Omega had solo, solo success. All of us, except you, that is. You joke about me being the hurricane, but pretending to be a superhero was a higher moment than you've seen in your entire career. Shannon, I don't know what got between us, but I know what's going to finish us. At TakeOver Armageddon, I'm going to hit you with the best-kept finish. I'm going to climb the ladder. I'm going to grab that contract, and I'm going to send your ass back to North Carolina to be the slimy weasel nobody you apparently always were. I wish we could do this another way, but you've left me no choice. You want it to be me or you? You want to succeed by taking food off my table, taking food from my children, jeopardizing my family's ability to survive? I will do whatever it takes to make sure my family doesn't have to worry about their next meal, a roof over their heads, heat to keep them warm when it's cold, and the ability to catch up to their passions and dreams. Even if that means beating the brakes off my supposed best friend. See you at TakeOver Armageddon. Once again, we hear clapping over the PA and Shannon Moore is shown on the screen. Shane, that was moving. Makes me feel relieved that after I send you to the unemployment line, you can probably book some gigs at some local high schools as a motivational speaker. N now, as much as I would love to stick around and talk, I think you're a bit busy right now. Gregory Helms looks confused, but then the camera pans out, and behind him is Evan Courageous, Crash Holly, Tank Abbott, and Jesse Neal, all wearing shirts that say the rejects on them. Helms turns around and gets jumped by the four men. They beat them down and then take turns hitting their finishers on him. First, Jesse Neal holds it, folds Helms in half with a spear. Courageous and Holly pull Helms up, and Abbott hits a knockout punch on Helms. Next, Crash Holly hits Helms with a crash landing, and for the grand finale, Evan Courageous climbs to the top and nails an outrageous uh, corkscrew splash. Shannon Moore walks through the ring with the four men that uh, jumped Helms last week. Moore grabs a mic and starts to talk. For 20 years, I have been part of the Omega 
I spent 20 years rubbing elbows with guys like Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, and Shane Helms. Yet, as Shane so eagerly pointed out, the highlight of my career has been playing second fiddle to one of those guys. I've had to live with that for 20 years. I've had 20 years to think and ask myself, why did my so-called friends never use their fame and their good fortune to bring me up? To give me an opportunity to be a player in these companies that were making them rich. I decided a long time ago that when I started to make my rise, I was going to bring my friends with me. For 20 years, I thought the Omega was my friends. But once I opened my eyes and I looked at who was with me when I was down and out, I realized I just never fit in with the Omega. No, see, I was always more in tune with the rejects. So now that I'm here, finally making my stake in the world of wrestling, who better to bring up with me than those very same rejects? So that's exactly what I'm going to do. PTC, say hello to the rejects. Jesse Neal, Tank Abbott, Crash Holly, Evan Courageous, and of course, the Prince of Punk, sensational Shannon Moore. See, Shane, I'm going to do what you never would. I'm going to make it to the top, and I'm going to take those that mean the most with me to the top. You said you don't know what got between us. I'll tell you what got between us. Your selfishness, your carelessness, your jealousy of who I am, your refusal to bring me to the top with you. At the end of the day, it's you that came between us. I had to learn the hard way the lesson that apparently you, Matt, and Jeff have always known. The most important part of Omega is me. Tomorrow night, I'm sealing in the deal. Tomorrow night, I'm going to end your career in PTC, and I'm going to bring the rejects to the forefront. I'm sorry that this is the path you chose, Shane. This all could have been much, much more simple. Shannon Moore drops the mic, and a wide shot of the ring shows Shannon Moore flanked by the rejects as the screen fades, fades to black. All right, time for the match. So the fits, uh, Gregory Helms wearing black biker shorts with green accents, black elbow and knee pads, and black boots. Shannon Moore is wearing his mohawk with face paint, a black and orange vest, black and orange pants, and black boots. The match starts with a brawl uh, with both men throwing stiff punches and kicks. Shannon Moore ends up getting the upper hand after a low blow kick to the groin. Shannon Moore hits Gregory Helms with a Northern Light suplex. Later on in the match, Gregory Helms regains momentum by catching Shannon Moore with a super kick out of nowhere. Helms follows up with a back-to-back -back, uh, -back sit-out double underhook powerbomb. Um... A little while later, Helms hits Moore with a snap suplex into the ladder that's leaning in the corner. Later on, Helms hoists Moore up onto the top rope and then leans the ladder onto the turnbuckle. Helms then runs across the ring up the ladder and hits a shining wizard on Moore while he's sitting on the top turnbuckle. Helms uh, follows up with a nightmare on Helm Street off the top rope. Helms tries to climb to grab the contract, but Moore grabs him by the foot and pulls him down before instantly hitting Helms with a Frankensteiner. A little while later, Moore is on the outside, and Helms runs off the ladder over the top rope and hits uh, Moore with a diving suicide crossbody. Later in the match, both men are on the apron, and Shannon Moore hits an inverted DDT off the apron onto the steel steps. Uh, once both men work their way to their feet, Shannon Moore climbs to the top of the barricade and hits a running Morgasm off the barricade onto the floor. Uh, later on in the, match, in the match, Shannon Moore climbs the ladder and hits a moonsault onto Helms. A little later in the match, Shannon Moore wedges the ladder horizontally in between the two two other ladders, so like an H-shape, if that makes sense. Um, Moore climbs to the top rope, top of the ladder, but Helms starts uh, trying to climb up too. 
Bora kicks uh, Helms, knocking him off the ladder, but then hits a diving hurricane Rana, sending Helms through the ropes and onto the apron. Helms pulls himself on the up on the apron using the ropes as he and as he does, more sprints it towards him, leaps up and over him, hitting a sunset flip powerbomb onto the barricade. Uh, a little later in the match, Gregory Helms hits more with a choke slam onto the ladder. Uh, Gregory Helms climbs on climbs the ladder and stands on the horizontal ladder and reaches for the contract. Uh, but Shannon Moore hits a springboard crossbody off the ladder. Later in the match, Shannon Moore hits a corkscrew senton onto Gregory Helms on the outside. Later in the match, both men are on the ladder uh, fighting to get the contract when Helms hits Moore with a super swinging neckbreaker off the ladder. Both men are down and out, and eventually they both pull themselves to their feet, and Helms hits Moore with the best get finish out of nowhere, and again, both men are down on the ground. Helms eventually gets up and starts climbing the ladder. Once Helms is about halfway up the ladder, Moore starts climbing up the opposite ladder. Uh, Moore and Helms exchange punches on their respective ladder, and Moore gets the upper hand in the exchange. Moore hits a Morgasm off the ladders into the ladder that's wedged between them, snapping the ladder in half. Both men are laid laid out on this bent ladder for forever until Shannon Moore pulls himself up and climbs to the top of the ladder, pulls the contract down, winning the match. Finn. I don't remember letting you use Finn Balor. Um... (laughs) You technically have told me multiple times I can use anybody on your roster. (laughs) Yeah, I have. Uh... (laughs) I don't care at this point. Um, I mean, you're done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm gonna <laughs> give it a f- bold move if someone took like someone's character, like at the end, like Travis. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a four. I think some of the promos got a little repetitive. Um, Fair. but I think overall the match was really good. I do kind of wish that you had like the rejects involved in the match, like yeah. maybe maybe having like um. Oh, yeah. Helms like climbing the ladder, almost get it, and then they come out and like he tries to fight. He fights them off, and then more hits the the orgasm from there or something like that. But I, overall, I think it was good. I'm gonna give you a four. Okay, I I thought about that when I was writing or reading it just now. I was like, oh, I could have put them in the match, but it's whatever. Go ahead, Keith. Can you run me the the finish real quick? Like, yeah. So, um. Uh, basically, um, Helms hits more with the best cap finish out of nowhere, which is a single knee face breaker. Um, they're both on the ground. Helms eventually gets up and starts climbing the ladder. Once he gets about halfway up the ladder, more starts climbing the opposite ladder. Cause remember they're parallel to each other with another one wedged between them. Right. So he's climbing up the other, the opposite ladder. <clears throat> they're sitting on top of them, like perched facing each other down. They're both trading punches back and forth. Um, Moore gets the upper hand in the exchange. He hits a Morgasm off ladders onto the the horizontal ladder and breaks it in half. They're laying on this ladder for forever, and then finally mm-hmm. Shannon Moore gets up, pulls himself up slowly to, up the ladder, and grabs the contract to win the match. Okay, I liked it. Um, yeah, Damone said it right though. Like there. Could have been involvement with this new group that he put together. Where did did Crash and um, who was the other one? Neil. Yeah, Jesse Neil. Do they have history with him or? I yeah, so Crash, Crash was, was a moron. Oh, Crash okay. was a moron. Why? While um, when? What was I don't remember what Shannon Moore's thing was when Shannon Moore was being a groupie for Matt Hardy. Crash was being a groupie for Shannon Moore. Oh, okay. And then that. Jesse Neal was uh, his tag partner in TNA. 
Yeah, when okay. he was doing the book Dilly Gaff stuff. Okay. No, it was good. I liked that it was the start of the the show too. It's a good like ladder match to start off hot. Um I give you a four point five. I appreciate it. Kenny or Mike? At the same um, time. I'm gonna go straight four. Okay. I appreciate that. Straight four. <clears throat> yeah, that's Kenny's gonna give me a queer four. four. No. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, moving on to the next match. So on live wire, Myro faces the Road Warriors in a losing effort. The once undefeated tag team is now on a losing skid. Um, after the match, Bill Alfonso is seen at the bottom of the ramp waving, uh, waving for someone to come out. He's like, and um, outruns Fatu and Coquina from PTC Ground Zero. They roll into the ring and begin brawling with Myro. Kokina and Fatu gain the upper hand, hitting dual Samoan drops, followed by dual Bonsai drops. The segment ends with Bill Alfonso, Fatu, and Kokina standing over Myro's unconscious bodies. Uh, the next week on Kokina Livewire... is uh, Yokozuna, right? Yeah, yeah. Yokozuna is Kokina, and Fatu is uh, Rikiji. So, Bill Alfonso... On the next episode of Livewire, Bill Alfonso told Travis Key to bring him the top three competitors he could find to face his new monsters. So Fatu and Kokina face the Ultimate Warrior, Goldberg, and Brock Lesnar in a two-on-three handicap match. The Samoans smash the three competitors <laughs> before stacking them on top of each other and pinning all three of them. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> some petty shit. <laughs> Surprised you to throw Charlie Haas in there just for fun. <laughs> I should have. Um, after the, after the match, Bill Alfonso grabs a microphone and says that he brought Myro into the PTC, and since they couldn't get the job done, now he would take them out. Alfonso says that Myro were some of the biggest monsters in Polynesian lore, but there was one monster bigger and badder, and that was the Tamangori. So to get rid of one monster, he went and found another one. Bill Alfonso christens Fatu and Kokina as Tamangori. The segment ends with Tamangori posing in front of the camera. Um, at the Great American Bash, a tribute to the troops, Tamagori and the Monarchy's Walter and Nigel McGinnis have a tag team match that is quickly interrupted by the Wyatt family attacking the Monarchy, followed by Myro making their return and brawling with Tamagori. So this is just like everybody's fucking fighting with everybody right now in this segment. Um, a couple weeks later, Myro and Tamagori are seen backstage brawling around, destroying every, everything in their paths as security struggles to separate them. And then on the Go Home episode of Alpha, uh, Myro squashes a local team in quick fashion. After the match, Tyro, after the match, Tom and Gory comes out of nowhere, and the two teams begin brawling all over, brawling again all over the ringside area. Um, soon after the brawl begins, what seems like hundreds of Samoan men in full traditional Samoan garb and face paint rush out and separate the four men. At this point, the High Chief Peter Maivia appears on the Travitron. My sons. You have brought dishonor to our tribe. You have brought dishonor to our nation. This island has grown too small to house the four of you. For the first time in many decades, it is time for someone to leave the island and leave this tribe. I am ashamed of you all. As high chief of the Anawaii tribe, I order you four to fight in the Polynesian pit for your spot on the totem. The winners remain on the island. The losers leave the family once and for all. See you in Samoa, my sons. So, uh, time for the match and the fits. 
So Umaga comes out with a white lava lava, which is like their the skirt that they'd be wearing. Uh, with green Polynesian designs. Uh, he has white three-quarter pants with green designs, white hand and wrist tape, uh, white foot and ankle wraps, and white face paint. Haku is wearing the same thing, um, except he's not wearing... Um, he has no face paint, and he has a kimono one. Motherfucker's about to bleed. All that white, I'm just not... <laughs> uh, Fatu comes out with a black lava lava with red Polynesian designs. Black three-quarter pants with red designs, white hand and wrist straps, and white foot and ankle wraps. Um, Kukina is wearing the exact same outfit as Fatu. So, all four men are in the pit. The pit is a dirt floor with four totem poles existing as the corners. The walls of the pits are a palm wood cage. The cage and totem poles stand ten feet tall. In two opposing corners is a torch at the top of the totems. The only way to win, to win the match is to extinguish the other team's torch. So the match begins with the sound of a conch conch the the match begins with the sound of a conch shell horn, and the four men begin brawling. Umaga hits a throat thrust on Fatu. Kokina hits Haku with a back elbow. Umaga hits Fatu with a two-handed choke lift, and then Kokina hits Haku with a headbutt. Uh, Haku answers back with a headbutt of his own. Fatu hits Umaga with a rikishi driver. Kokina hits Haku with a body avalanche. Um. Umaga hits Fatu with a spinning wheel kick. Kokina rakes the back of Haku, followed by a lifting side slam. Uh, Umaga ties Fatu upside down on the cage and hits a running, jumping headbutt drop to the head. Also, this is in the order that they're in, but it's not necessarily like this rapid. Just just keep that in mind. These are just spots, not a play-by-play. Um, so Umaga ties Fatu upside, up, upside down on the cage and hits a running, jumping headbutt drop to the head. Um, Kokina hits a belly-to-back suplex on Haku. Umaga hits a turnbuckle powerbomb on Fatu into the totem pole. Haku hits uh, Kokina with a backbreaker. Kokina hits Haku with a vertical splash. Umaga hits Fatu with a swinging side slam. Uh, Kokina hits Haku with a throat thrust. Umaga hits Fatu with a giant swing into the cage. Haku hits Kokina with a splash. Uh, Fatu hits Umaga with a Samoan spike. All four men simultaneously savat kick or hit. All four men simultaneously hit each other with savat kicks, and all, all are laid out. Fatu gets up first and starts to climb the cage. Umaga is up next and catches him at the top. Umaga hits Fatu with a super Samoan drop from the top of the cage. Kokina hits Haku with a side belly-to-belly suplex. Umaga hits uh, Fatu with a gorilla press into a Samoan drop. Kokina hits Haku with a running hip attack. Uh, Umaga hits Fatu with a wild monkey splash off the cage. Haku hits Kokina mm-hmm. with a pile driver. That's his. That's the actual name. I didn't make it up. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, it's funny because I, I, with my eyesight where it's at, I can, I can see Keith's face perfectly. So I'm seeing all his reactions, which I'm glad because I feel like you react the best out of everybody, like during the live reactions. You're so but I, making faces. <laughs> as soon as you hit that, mm, and I was like, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> Haku hits Kokina with a pile driver. Umaga hits a diving headbutt on Fatu. Kokina hits a front power slam followed by a running leg drop. Haku gets Fatu with a Tongan death grip, and Umaga hits a Samoan strike. Um, Umaga climbs to the top of the cage to extinguish the torch, but Bill Alfonso throws dirt in his eyes and pushes him off the cage. Kokina and Fatu hit dual Samoan drops, followed by dual Bonsai drops, and then Kokina climbs to the top and extinguishes Myro's torch to win the match. Okay, so Myro wins? No. 
Right. Tom and so Gordy I, wins. Sorry, I mixed that up. Yeah. Yeah, the, the new bad guys win. Rikishi and Yokozuna win. Okay, so does that mean that they're out of the company or just out of the family? They're out of the family. Okay. Exile. I wouldn't oh, I wouldn't wow. do two loser leaves town matches in a row. Okay. That's what I was <laughs> Yeah. No, it's just loser leaves faction. The whole yeah, match. Not the faction, the family. <laughs> so was this a cinematic match or was this like I guess I'm saying is this filmed like a movie or is this yeah, filmed like it's filmed... for watching this live? Huh. I don't know, I didn't think about that. That's not a way to sell it. You just need to go. Well, I gotta think. I gotta make my decision. Give me a second. God That's damn. Fine. Yes, if I not fine. taught you nothing, just say the first thing that comes out of your mouth and go with it. It's filmed like a movie. No. Okay, cool. That was the best answer. I like that answer. <laughs> yeah, that is the better answer. It was filmed like a movie. <laughs> All right, bet. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of fucks with it, as, especially as like like you said, film like a movie, cinematic style yeah. match. Another like thing to give you like the ambiance is you've got like all those the hundreds of Samoan men that were there. They're now in like the crowds around it with like torches and they're like doing the little dances and the 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 chants and all that. All right, bet I'm down. Uh, it's <laughs> um, okay, I'm glad five. you knew. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I fucked with the I'm glad you. But... I'm glad you went with the cinematic route. Um. Mike's going to tell you it would have been better if it was on Raw. Uh, of course. I'm going to give you a five, though. Thank you, Damone. Kenny, can you grade me first so Mike can Mike can shred me about it not being on Raw after? <laughs> <laughs> Did he hear me? I don't know. Kenny uh, on that potato internet, apparently. Kenny, can you hear us? We, we can't, can't hear you. you. All right, so... You just got that pretty smile. That's <laughs> Go ahead and tell me, a... Mike. <laughs> Your second match in, and people are looking at at a screen in an arena. Um, they just got there, and you're already telling them that. Oh my god! Just give me my score. <laughs> uh, it was good What's doing it there and doing it at Raw. It doesn't make sense because I'm still people are still paying to be there. Exactly. That's well, Raw. I'll be honest. When I go to Raw, your weekly. Now, I'm honestly watching the monitor most. Of I don't. The time. Yes. Anyway, I don't watch barely, the monitor most of the time. You can barely no. see the ring half the time. I watch the ring. I'm looking at the. Well, you got shitty seats. I don't know what to tell you. Even when I had, <laughs> I had floor seats and I could barely see the ring. I that I oh, then you need blind. better glasses because yeah, you're blind. Um, the that angle, it's not a good. I mean, honestly, floor seats aren't worth it. it it's a bad angle. Unless it's you're not. up like first, the front row seats. My front row seats were fire. Right. Okay, I, I, the, I when I was okay, on the floor, the I had great row. seats. I was in, in the front row. I'm not. If you weren't in the front row, you had shitty tickets. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Um, I, I'm gonna go four point seven five. <laughs> I don't like the placement on the card, but that's about it. Okay. Come on, Kenny, hit me with the. I'm gonna be different. I am a cat. What up? Is Can Kenny a lot? Like, is this a recording of Kenny? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I was full on ready for Kenny to be like, all right, I'm going to be the hater on this one. He reveals that it's John the entire time. <laughs> that would be he's not be wearing a, a mask. A he's, he's wearing paint. Oh, I was to say it was just a video <laughs> playing of Kenny. We need we need to get Kenny's internet a raise. 
this man this man just got an internet job now he now his internet went act up are you tired tired of those other energy drinks hitting you with a short burst of jittery energy followed by a crash that leaves you with less energy than you had before well fear not because Ray's energy drinks are specifically formulated to get you going without making you jittery and keeps you from crashing. With zero sugars, zero calories, and better caffeine than a cup of coffee, Ray's energy drinks are the number one growing energy drink on the market. With flavors like Baja Lime, Sour Gummy Worm, Guava Mango, and Strawberry Colada, Ray's has some of the best tasting energy drinks available. You can get a case of Ray's right now by going to repsports.com and using promo code T1THREE when you check out to take 15% off of your next order. That's promo code T1THREE for 15% off of your next order of better, tastier energy. You know what? Y'all were in fact right. I did not like this like y'all did. Mm, I went with the 2.25. I think there really wasn't wow. much story. There really wasn't much story to that one. What's what? Just out of curiosity, what story can you give four giants that don't speak? Besides, they want to kill know. each other. Have somebody talk for them. Then y'all always do that. Bill Alfonso did talk for them. He cut two promos. And, okay, that's nasty. First off, <laughs> to have him walk in talk <laughs> is gross. Well, he he's been he's been Myro's uh, um, mouthpiece. Yeah, mouthpiece this whole time. Yeah, he was their his mouth their mouthpiece in TCW too. Oh well, yeah. it's still two point two five. It doesn't change anything. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I was just wondering how you wanted me to give you more story. <laughs> All right, moving along. Um, so on the first week of well, live, what was the rest of the scores? Five, five, and four point seven five. Demon was a five, Keith was a five, and Mike was a four point seven five. Because it wasn't on Raw, and it was the second match. That was my main event. He'd been he'd been all right with it. And he only says it that because he really just wanted it on a regular weekly show. Yeah, he just wants me to present more weeklies. That's the thing. <laughs> Am I good to continue, Kenny? You are good, my son. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mufasa. I was gonna say that's exactly what he sounded like too. <laughs> uh, a swamp land is shown on the Travitron, and laughter is heard off screen. The camera pans over, and Bray Wyatt is seen rocking in his chair, laughing. Hunter, what's our next move in this dance? You're so eager to lead. You sent your king, the King's Knights, to silence. Uh, hold on, sorry. You sent the King's Knights to silence the unrest in the village, but those same knights were slaughtered by the common folk. Hunter. When you will you realize the destiny is real, and my destiny is to take the crown from your body, even if I have to take your head with it. So are you gonna walk down to that ring and face me man to man, or are you gonna send more martyrs to die for your cause, Hunter? You are a coward that hides behind the blood of men much braver than you. Each of those diamonds in your crown represents a million tears of the men and women people like you were supposed to protect. The rubies in that scepter are formed from the blood of those knights that die for your bogus cause. Emeralds represent every dollar your people steal from mine. And all that gold represents the metal in the chains and shackles that keep my people bonded in poverty and crime. Honey, I am sick of the excuses of your superiority being the reason you refuse to meet me in the center of that ring to wage war against one another. Sunday night, me and my brothers took your men to the edge and we threw them over. 
At Armageddon, not planning to do the same thing to you. Follow the buzzards. The next week on Livewire, Triple H and the Monarchy walk out to the ring. Triple H looks furious while Lawler, Walter, and Nigel McGuinness look ashamed and defeated. Triple H is pacing back and forth uh, a while, staring at each member of the Monarchy intermittently. At takeover, at takeover, not one night only, you three came up short. Now correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think I gave pretty simple orders. Deal with the problem. Deal with the Wyatt family. Deal with the uprising. I wanted swift and decisive action. Instead, all I received was disappointment and failure. Lala, your job was to end Bray Wyatt, make an example out of him. For every single one of those low lives in that locker room, you failed. Triple H's nose to nose with Lawler. Then he smashes him with a stiff right hand, sending Lawler to the ground. I don't accept failure. I don't accept shortcomings. I demand excellence. Pick yourself off the ground and look me in my eyes like a man. Lawler pushes himself up to his feet, wincing in pain, but uh, steps back up to Triple H. You will not fall again, or I will personally deal with you the way I wanted you to deal with the Wyatt family. Walter, McGinnis, you get a chance to redeem yourself in my eyes. You'll be a part of the PTC Tag Team Championship number one contender tournament. I spoke with PTC management, and I used my pool to make sure you face Test and Brody in the first round. Do not disappoint me, or you'll end up worse than Lawler. Triple H drops the mic and kicks Lawler in the gut, nailing him with a pedigree. Triple H then stands up and orders Nigel McGinnis and Walter to pick up, pick up Lawler and bring him to the back. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The next uh, week on Genesis, the uh, swamp land is shown on Travitron, followed by a distortion on the screen, and Bray Wyatt appears sitting on the, his rocking chair. You really are stubborn, aren't you, Hunter? You blame and you punish Jerry Lawler for your shortcomings. You sent inferior men to do your bidding. If you're really what you say you are, why don't you come deal with me yourself? What's stopping you, Hunter? Is it your superiority to me? Or is it your fear that you can't get the job done either? Hunter, when was the last time you got your hands dirty? When was the last time you went to that dark place to get the job done? Because from where I'm from where I'm standing, you and your monarchy haven't gotten the job done yet. You failed to bring the Intercontinental Championship home when you faced Jay Briscoe. Your knights failed to deal with me and my family. Maybe you know what I know. You know that you won't be able to deal with me. You know you're going to come up short. You know you're going to fall just like your men. And that scares the hell out of you, Hunter. It's my mission to show you that behind all that glitter and all that gold, you're just an ordinary man that uses the power that he stole from the people to keep those very same people down. Abby told me to be strong in the face of adversity. Be true to your values, for those who bend to the will of others will eventually break. You're going to break, Hunter. I'll make sure of it. Follow the buzzards. The monarchy is seen backstage. Triple H is sitting on his leather couch with Jerry Lawler, Walter, and Nigel McGinnis standing behind him. Triple H is holding his hands together so that his uh, fingers form an A shape as he looks at the ground. 
Triple H looks up at the camera and begins to speak. Bray Wyatt, I am sick and tired of you doing everything you can to get under my skin. You don't understand what it's like to have this kind of pressure on your shoulders. You don't know what it's like to feel the kind of pressure day in and day out. See, Wyatt, pressure does one of two things. Either it crushes you into nothingness or it forms a diamond. I am that diamond. I am the rarest form of humanity on earth. I am his excellency for a reason. I am the best for a reason. Bray Wyatt, you really think you can stand next to me, next to a man like me? Put your God complex aside and see what everyone else does. I am sculpted from stone. I have done things mere men can't imagine. You look like you live in your mother's basement and recite poems to people dumber than you to follow your lead so you feel important. Friday night on Rebellion, McGinnis and Walter will end this. This Friday, they will end you and your family once and for all. Um, on Rebellion that week, the Monarchy and the Wyatt family face each other uh, in the first round of the Tag Team number 1 Contender Tournament after a 27-minute match. Walter finishes test with a burning lariat for the pen and the win. Uh, Triple H and the Monarchy walk out to the ring on the next live wire, and Triple H looks overjoyed. Last night, my ring general, Walter, did exactly what he was supposed to do. He and McGinnis put the Wyatt family down once and for all. Now they'll walk through this tournament to become the number one contenders for the PTC World Tag Team Championships, and then they'll bring those belts back to the Monarchy. And while we're on the subjects of belts, Bray Wyatt and his family out, out of the way. What's next for the most important man in wrestling? I go right back to where I was before that fat bastard got in my way. I'm going to pry that Intercontinental Championship out of the hands of Jay Briscoe once and for all. All hail His Excellency. The lights drop dramatically and we hear Bray Wyatt laughing as it appears on the Travitron rocking in his uh, chair. Hunter, did you really think that I'm going to let you go away that easy? <laughs> One little setback. You think little Bray Wyatt's running and hiding? No. No, 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 no. I'm not going anywhere, Hunter. Not until your head is in my hands or vice versa. I made a promise to Abby. Sorry, I lost my place. I made a promise to Abby, man. <laughs> I intend to keep that promise, Hunter. So how much longer do we do this old song and dance? Why can't we speed this process up and go head to head like we're destined to? You leave your nights, I'll leave my family. Just you and I till one of us can't walk. What do you say? Triple H is serious in the ring, but he takes a deep breath and says, Wyatt, this is over. You lose. Get over it and move on. I'm washing my hands of you. You're not worth any more of my time. Wyatt shakes his head and says, <laughs> I was afraid you was going to say that, Hunter. You've always been a hard-headed bastard. No matter. I'll get what I want, one way or another. My life's mission doesn't end just because you say no. Follow the buzzers. Uh, the Tributron goes off and the arena is pitch black as the show goes to commercial. Um, at Great American Bash, a tribute to the troops, Tomagori and the Monarchy have an 18-minute match that ends in a Draw after Myra returns uh, to attack Tamagori as the two-man teams brawl. The White family appears in the ring and attacks the Monarchy. The show goes to commercial as staff and security struggle to pry the four teams apart. 
Um, the next week on, um, or that the next night on Rebellion, sorry. LAX and the Monarchy have a 27-minute match that ends when the White family costs uh, the Monarchy and caught the Monarchy the match, and LAX hit their finisher on McGinnis for the pin and the win. Um, Triple H comes to the ring for the main event of segment of Genesis. He is furious. Twice last week, Bray Wyatt proved he is an incessant rat of a human being that refuses to admit defeat. Twice last week, last week that rat scurried down to the ring with his family and cost us matches. Bray Wyatt, you keep paying <clears throat> for a fight, yet you walk down to the ring to fight these three whenever you feel like it. What are you afraid of, Bray Wyatt? Why you only attack when the most important man isn't around? When I'm out in this ring, you're generally nowhere to be found. And when we do see you, you're hiding with your rocking chair just talking garbage. If you really want war, if you really want my head, then why haven't you come for it? I know why. You know why. We've both known this entire time. You know you can't beat me. The longer you draw this out, the longer you make that noise, the longer you rattle my cage, the more of these idiots will cheer for you. The more of these idiots that will put their phones in the air when the lights go out so you can say you have the fireflies on your side. But in the end, none of that matters because when you look in your heart, you're a liar. You're a fraud. You're afraid of the truth. You know I will end you. So when you're done playing make-believe, I would love to write a reality check. You've pushed me to the point where you can't push any further. You want my crown? Come take it, Wyatt. Triple H drops the mic as he stares into the camera and the show fades to black. Uh, the next night on Livewire, Bray Wyatt is seen pacing in the shadows on the Travitron before he stops and looks into the camera. Hunter, how dare you? How dare you challenge my integrity in front of the world? How dare you question my intent? Abby warned me about people like you, Hunter. She told me the wolf can't get to the sheep unless they go to the dog. But the dog can't get to the wolf unless the wolf comes to him directly. You and I both know if I showed up to fight you the way I do your nights that we wouldn't make it to the ring before security magically appeared to keep you safe. They say you're the most important man in wrestling. Do you think I'm dumb enough to believe that doesn't come with protection? Hunter, if you want to go to war with you, or if I want to go to war with you, I have to lead you to the battlefield and allow you to draw the terms. I have to allow you to believe it was your idea, believe you have no other choice. I had to play chess to get to the king. I had to take out every rook, knight, and pawn until you can't escape. Checkmate. I have your back against the wall. All you have left to do is swing. And when you do, I'll be there to take your head off. Follow the buzzards. Uh, on the go-home episode of Livewire, Triple H opens the show with in the ring with the monarchy. Bray Wyatt, I've given you two full weeks to come and get me, yet you stayed in the shadows. You stayed reciting poetry and making veiled threats instead of doing something about it. I told you that you feared the truth. You fear me. I am the end of the road. I am the final boss. I am the end of the game, and nobody beats this game. Week in and week out, you have lied to these people. And for a moment, even I almost believed you. You owe them an apology for promising them my crown. You owe them an apology for wasting my time. You know you almost had me, Wyatt. I almost thought you believed everything you were spewing, and I thought you might actually come to test your luck against me. I thought you would come to where to war come to the war you begged for for months now. 
I thought you were going to fulfill that promise to sweet little Abigail, Wyatt. I should have known you were nothing more than the scared little boy that his sis watched his sister get murdered by a predator that stole her from her bedroom every night. You never left that bedroom, Bray Wyatt. You never will. After Triple H says this, the lights drop and the Wyatt family's music hits and a lantern appears on the stage. Bray Wyatt and his family walk out on the stage and down the ramp and stop in front of the ring. Hunter, welcome to the battlefield. <laughs> At Armageddon this weekend, I will make you eat all those words and more. I will show you that I stopped being that scared little boy a long time ago. And I became a monster. A monster that feeds on the power of my oppressors. A monster that is filled with bloodlust, but only for the riches will satisfy my thirst. Hunter, you talk about playing make-believe. But you're the only one that's playing pretend, my friend. You're pretending I'm not the monster you know I am. You're pretending that you're not afraid of being the, exposed as the false prophets you are. But after this weekend, neither of us can pretend any further. <laughs> the truth shall set us free. Follow the buzzards. The show goes to commercials. The Wyatt family and the monarchy stare at one another. <sighs> All right. So um, the fifth uh, Triple H comes out wearing a black crown, black and gold fur king's fur cloak, black tights with gold design, gold knee pads, gold boots, and gold elbow pads with black hand and forearm wraps. Um, Bray Wyatt's wearing a black tank top, black pants, black boots, red and yellow, red, yellow, and blue Hawaiian shirt, and black forearm and hand wrap on his right arm. Uh, the match begins with both men staring at each other from across the ring. The bell sounds, but neither man makes a move. They continue to stare, savoring the moment. Finally, Bray Wyatt walks to the center of the ring and holds his hands out and tells Triple H to come to the center and fight. Triple H leans back into the corner and stares at Wyatt for a moment before sprinting at him and nailing him with a clothesline. Triple H follows up with mounting punches to Bray Wyatt. Triple H continues his onslaught, wearing Wyatt down. A little later in the match, Triple H has a jumping knee drop on Wyatt. Triple H pulls Wyatt up to his feet, but Wyatt answers with a headbutt, followed by a throat thrust. Wyatt maintains momentum by hitting a short-arm clothesline. As Triple H stumbles up to his feet, Wyatt nails him with a pop-up forearm smash, and Triple H rolls out of the ring to catch his breath. As Triple H tries to recover on the outside, Bray Wyatt runs and hits uh, an over-the-top suicide dive. After a while, both men uh, struggle to their feet, and Wyatt goes to attack again. But Triple H counters with an atomic drop onto the floor. Uh, Triple H falls back to his knees and crawls forward as Bray Wyatt uses the barricade to try to pull himself back up. As Wyatt finally pulls himself to his feet and turns around, Triple H hits him with a spear through the barricade and into the crowd. Both men struggle on the ground as the referee is counting them out. Finally, out of nowhere, Nigel McGuinness, uh, Jerry Lawler, and Walter run out and grab Triple H and aid him back into the ring. The ref gets to 19. Oh, yeah, by the way, we have a 20 count just for anybody that forgot. The ref gets to 19 in his, with his count, and Triple H rolls back under the ropes into the outside, restarting the referee's count. The Monarchy can't believe it. They hover around Triple H as he crawls on his hands and knees on the floor, and, and they're asking him why. He pulls himself to his feet and pushes them away as he runs towards Wyatt, who'd just begun pushing himself to his feet. Triple H nails him with a running DDT. Triple H starts to pull Wyatt back up to his feet and starts dragging him out of the crowd. At the same time, security rushes into the ring and removes the Monarchy from ringside. Triple H goes to smash Wyatt's head into the steel step, the steel post, sorry. But Wyatt blocks it and then hits a back elbow smash before smashing Triple H's face into the steel post. 
Bray Wyatt pulls Triple H uh, up onto the apron and hits a DDT on the apron. Once both men are in the back, are back in the ring, uh, Wyatt starts laying into Triple H with palm strikes, backing him into the corner. Wyatt goes for a right hand, but Triple H ducks underneath, and now Wyatt is in the corner. Triple H blasts Bray Wyatt with big hands, big right hands before climbing up to the middle rope and lands 10 consecutive punches to the head while the crowd counts. Triple H hops off the second rope, and Bray Wyatt crumbles out of the corner. Triple H hits uh, Wyatt with a uh, cutter. While Wyatt is on the mat, Triple H locks in a figure four leg lock. Wyatt rises in pain, but is eventually able to turn over and reverse the pressure on Triple H. Triple H screams out in pain as he crawls over and grabs the ropes to break the hold. Triple H uses the ropes to pull himself up to his feet, but when he turns around, he is blasted by a running body block by Bray Wyatt. Triple H stumbles up to his feet, and Bray Wyatt puts him back down to the mat with a half-Nelson slam. Bray Wyatt sizes Triple H up as Triple H stumbles to his feet. Wyatt hits the ropes and sprints at Triple H, and Hunter turns around. And as Hunter turns around, uh, Bray Wyatt lays him out with a running crossbody. Wyatt sits on both knees as he stares at the crowd, and, and a Cheshire grin fills his face, and he extends his arms out wide. Wyatt pulls himself up in the corner and then falls back into the crab walk taunt. Uh, as, Spider, or as Triple H pushes himself up to all fours, he looks up and is face-to-face with an upside-down Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt spins around and grabs Triple H and pushes him to the mat with the Uranagi. Um, Triple H immediately rolls out of the ring and onto the floor to save himself uh, from any more punishment. Bray Wyatt taunts, and taunts, hyping the crowd before dropping under the ropes to the outside. As he does, Triple H low blows him, followed immediately by Irish whipping uh, Wyatt into the steel steps. Bray Wyatt is draped with his head lying on top of the steel steps, and Triple H starts digging under the ring. Triple H pulls his signature sledgehammer out and is mesmerized by it before hoisting it over his head and swinging it down at the skull of Bray Wyatt as Jim Ross shouts that Triple H is going to kill Wyatt and calls Triple H a bastard. Just in the nick of time, Bray Wyatt moves out of the way and Triple H smashes the sledgehammer in the steel steps. Wyatt answers with a throat thrust to Triple H, knocking Triple H into the apron where Hunter uh, drops the sledgehammer. Wyatt lays into Triple H with some stiff right hands to the face before hoisting Triple H up for a back suplex onto the apron. Bray Wyatt picks Hunter off the ground and throws him back into the ring. As Wyatt rolls into the ring and stands up for Triple H, his as Wyatt rolls into the ring and stands up, Triple H hits him with a running neckbreaker. Triple H then locks in an arm trap crossface on Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is able to reach the ropes and force a rope break. Triple H then stand, uh, stomps at Bray Wyatt and then Irish whips him into the rope, hitting Wyatt with a double A spine buster. Triple H is fired up now, picking Wyatt up and nailing him with a face breaker knee smash followed by a belly-to-belly suplex. Triple H then kicks uh, Wyatt in the gut and goes for the pedigree, but Bray Wyatt reverses it with a back body drop. Bray Wyatt then grabs Triple H, nails him with Sister Abigail, and goes for the pin. One, two, three, no. Triple H kicks out right at the last second. Bray Wyatt looks shocked but impressed as he pulls Triple H back to his feet, tossing him into the corner. Wyatt runs and hits uh, Triple H with a body avalanche into the corner. As Triple H stumbles out of the corner, Bray Wyatt locks in the mandible claw. Uh, Wyatt and Triple H stumble around the ring, struggling for control. In the process, they knock the referee over it uh, before Bray Wyatt is able to push Triple H down to the mat. Triple H is struggling as he is flailing his arms out, trying to grasp for the ropes. Uh, he looks looks like his body is going limp, and his arms slowly uh, stop flailing and drops to the mat. Triple H's one arm is intermittently reaching out to the ropes before finally reaching, not the ropes, but the sledgehammer on the apron. Triple H holds the sledgehammer just under his, under the metal before smashing it into the skull of Bray Wyatt, knocking him out cold. Triple H's arms flail back and he lets go of the sledgehammer as it falls out onto the floor. 
The referee works himself back to his feet, and both men uh, down and out, and he begins to count to 10. At the count of six, Triple H pulls himself up to his feet, but Wyatt is barely stirring. As the referee counts reaches nine, Bray Wyatt pulls himself up to his feet and turns around to a stiff kick to the gut, followed by a pedigree from Triple H for the pin and the win. Run that ending by <clears throat> So essentially, um, trip mankind or mankind, the fuck am I talking about? Bray Wyatt puts in the mandible claw <laughs> on Triple H. They're like stumbling around the ring, like Triple H is trying to fight it off, and they're they're both I mean, he's trying to force him down. He's trying to hold himself up. They knock the referee down and out. And then eventually Bray Wyatt gets Triple H to the mat, and he's holding him down with the the mandible claw. Triple H is reaching, reaching, reaching. looks like he's reaching for the ropes, but what he actually grabs is the the, um, sledgehammer. He holds it just under the metal part and just, like, cracks Bray Wyatt in the head with it. Both men are down and out. The referee gets up. He counts. Uh, Triple H stands up, and then Bray Wyatt barely makes the 10 count but he turns around into a pedigree for the pin in the win. Triple H wins. Okay, so I can't believe I'm saying this. The wrong person, the wrong guy. The wrong person won. I knew That's you were exactly that. what I was thinking. I feel yeah. like for this, you needed to have Bray win. Um, I wanted to continue the, the feud, but as I was reading it through, I almost, I almost like, freestyled the ending because I was like, I think the wrong person's winning. Yeah. But it was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I doubled you down. You can't be me, so that's yeah, alright. I, I, I feel it. like you should have had, like, <laughs> Triple H hits the pedigree, Bray still kicks out, and then, like, Bray ends up winning, like, yeah. hit the sister Abigail and wins. Um, overall, I liked it, though. I'm not gonna ding you too much. <clears throat> I'm gonna give you a 4.75. Yeah, that's good. Anyone else want to go? I'm still working the, on another. The wrong person did win. I thought it was, it was all right overall. I wasn't jumping. I, I, I wasn't jumping for joy, or anything. Um, I felt like you guys kind of. I don't of, think I've ever seen you jump for joy for any. Kind of slogged <laughs> a little bit. Mike, in is, the middle Mike there has never. Me. Mike has never hit a hooray before. <laughs> no. Um. I'm gonna go three seven five. I'm not mad at that, Keefy. Yeah, yeah, I feel that's pretty good actually. Now that you said that, three point seven five is good. I feel like, I feel like honestly, after the first two matches, this one wouldn't slower for me, especially with the build. Like going to the review that <clears throat> it is definitely a slower match. Um, I feel like it would still be fun to watch. But just a little, like you said, a little bit slower. You might like, okay. This like is a storytelling like, match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, but yeah, 3.75. I, I like that. I'll take it. I'm not mad at that. All right. So moving on. Uh, so Roddy Piper hosts Piper's Pit and has Jay Briscoe as his guest. Piper challenges Briscoe to, one, to a one-on-one match for the title tomorrow night on Alpha. Briscoe accepts and the Velveteen Dream comes out and tells both men that he'll be on commentary for the match because he is going to give he's going to take the belt from whoever wins at the Great American Bash tribute to the troops. Um, so on Alpha, Piper and Briscoe have a good back and forth match that inevitably sees Briscoe pin Piper after a J driller. Uh, the next week on Rebellion, Rowdy Piper 
uh, brings the models and the model citizens on Piper's Pit to discuss their issues between each other, but before they can figure much out, the rude ones interrupt. Um, after that, the next week, uh, Roddy Piper has the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and his client Vader on Piper's Pit. Ted DiBiase eventually bets Piper he can't beat Vader in a match uh, right here, right now. Ted DiBiase bets $500,000 against Roddy Piper's bagpipes. Piper and Vader have a decent match, but Vader proves to be too much for the aging vet as Vader wins with a Vader bomb. DiBiase smashes the bagpipes over his knees and throws them down with a big laugh after the match. Uh, Roddy Piper versus Sting on the next week of Rebellion. Um, Roddy Piper faces Sting in a singles match. Uh, Sting ends up with a victory after hitting Piper with a Scorpion Death Drop. Uh, the next week on Rebellion, Kevin Owens is uh, this week's guest on Piper's Pit. Owens tells Piper he was his hero and he wants to form a tag team with him. Piper accepts and the two men are scheduled for a match tomorrow night on Alpha. Uh, Kevin Owens and Roddy Piper face the Futures, Maven, and Kenny Dykstra. Uh, Piper ends up eating the pin in the match. After the match, Owens picks Piper up and embraces him, followed by a pop-up powerbomb as Owens stares coldly at Piper's lifeless body. Um, Kevin Owens comes out during the Great American Bash tribute to the troops and explains his actions from last week's Alpha. Last week, the child and me got almost everything he ever wanted. I got to stand next to and partner with the greatest of all time, my hero, Rowdy Roddy Piper. We went head-to-head with the future, and we lost. Yeah, I, I mean, the story isn't that great because we lost at the end. I don't know what to tell you guys. I was disappointed, too. Something clicked after that loss, though. Ever since Rod has shown up here in PTC... All he's done is lose a lot of matches and do a lot of interviews. That's not the man I grew up watching anymore. The man with the fire inside his heart. The man willing to sell his soul to the devil to get what he wanted in the end. The man that taught me that there was no line that he wasn't willing to cross and that there's no such thing as taking it too far. I wanted a team with the hot rod. Instead, I got an old man with one foot out the door trying to secure his position as the next as uh, Tony Schiavone's understudy. Um, Roddy, I did what I had to do. I did what I had to do to get in your head. If you're not willing to be that guy I grew up idolizing, then there's no place for you in this industry anymore. Give it up, step aside, and do your interviews. Get a job doing color commentary or be an analyst on the PTC network, but I won't allow you to come out here and half-ass wrestle and ruin your legacy. So if you won't make the decision to give up, I'll give you no other choice. Uh, uh, Piper's in the ring the next week ready to give a promo. Kevin Owens, you slimy little rat. You came out a couple weeks ago and said I was your hero. You wanted to be my tag team partner, so I stood by your side ready to go to war. We pulled our swords for battle, and you drove yours right in my back. You Benedict Arnold son of a bitch. Then you came out and you hear and you said you did it for my well-being? Said you didn't want to see me me ruin my legacy because I lost that fire? You were going to take the choice out of my hands and force me into retirement? All I have to say to you, Kevin Owens, is thank you. Because you were right. I didn't have that fire. I wasn't that bad, bad man I used to be. But you should have let that sleeping dog lie. You woke a demon inside me that hasn't been seen in years. So you want to take, uh, take me out behind the woodshed and put me out of my misery? Well, you've got a fight on your hands, son. I'm ready for a fight. I found my fire at TakeOver Armageddon. I'm going to show you this old dog still has a whole lot of fight left in him. It's easy to say you're not scared of the devil till you're looking him in the eyes, son. So time for the match. Um, 
Kevin Owens is wearing a black cutoff shirt with KO written in silver, black hand and forearm wraps, black boots and black gym shorts. Roddy Piper is wearing a white hot rod shirt, red kilt and blue trunks with blue boots. Uh, so the match starts and both men rush to the center of the ring and grab each other in a single collar tie, tie up and start throwing uh, stiff right hands to the face. Owen sits Piper with a DDT. Owen hits Piper with a German suplex. Uh, Piper hits Owens with a running knee strike. Again, this is spots, not bell to bell. Piper hits Owens with a pile driver. Later on in the match, Owen hits a super kick. Um, Owens nails Piper with a tope con hilo to the outside. Owens blasts Piper with a powerbomb on the ring apron. Piper hits multiple jabs followed by a clothesline. Piper smashes into Owens with a running crossbody. Piper hits Kevin Owens with a belly-to-back suplex. Owens gets a two-count after a shooting star press on Piper. Owens locks in Piper in a sharpshooter, but Piper is eventually able to get to the ropes to break the hold. Uh, when Owens comes to grab Piper from the ropes, uh, Piper rakes Owens' eyes, and Piper locks in a sleeper hold on Owens. Uh, Owens reverses with a stunner for a two-count. Owens hoists Piper up for an F-sync for another uh, two-count. Owens nails uh, Piper with a high-angle senton bomb. Uh, Piper hits Owens with a bulldog followed by a figure four leg lock. Owens eventually gets to the ropes to break the hold. Owen hits a pop-up powerbomb for yet another two count. Owen hits a Steenalizer, which is a package fall-away powerbomb, um, for, followed by a bullfrog splash for a two count. Piper hits a fireman's carry face buster. Piper follows up with an inverted atomic drop. Piper then hits an inverted Death Valley driver for a two count. Owens blasts Piper with a sit-out pop-up powerbomb, and, power, and Piper kicks out at two and a half. Owens is livid as he drags Piper to the corner and pulls him up, hitting a package pile driver from the top rope. Owens goes for the pin, but just before the ref hits the three count, Piper gets his foot on the bottom rope. And it's just like, a, it's a real lazy, like, just barely gets it, the foot on the rope. Um, where is that? Owens goes ballistic and shoves the referee down, screaming at him before once again dragging Piper to the corner and pulling up to the top, pulling him up to the top rope. But this time, Piper low blows Kevin Owens and hits a superplex for the pin and the win. I like it. Um, <clears throat> quick question. Is this your yes. biggest show of the year? Yes. Okay. Is this a feud that's been going on for a while? Or what is, what have, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember what each of them have been doing. Kevin Owens is a, not from my show. He came in ah. for this program. Uh, I mean, technically, there's this is nine weeks of build, so I don't know how what you determine is. is oh, okay. Uh, yeah, like they've been doing this for nine. Yeah, yeah. I gave I gave myself like two and a half months between shows, um, so I could re really have a, a good build for this. Um, but Roddy Piper was a champion, and he got came in from a, like another company that got bought out, and he lost to Jay Briscoe in that multi man hardcore match. So he's been doing a lot of a lot of interviews and losing a lot of matches, as Kevin Owens said. Okay. I liked it. I thought I liked the matchup or the pairing. I think that Kevin can definitely carry the I mean they both can do the great mic work. I think Kevin's gonna carry the match work primarily, but that kind of works with what you got going on here with like Roddy's gonna do like the slower, like methodical yeah, and holds and stuff. And Roddy was like, the story of the match was like, Roddy Piper won't die. 
Yeah. Like, no matter what he hit him with, he was going to kick out. I like it. And I like the, like, lazy drape over the rope. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I can't think of anything. I just feel like there was a little bit not... It wasn't quite full. Does that make sense? No, I get that. This is a... I, like, so half of this I wrote with, like, my normal how I write. And the other half of the show I wrote, like, in a condensed version, which I'm still mm. learning how to do well. So I, I understand. This is definitely a shorter build in terms of what I gave you, but... I'm gonna I give you the gist of it. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I mean, this would have been cool after that slow mat or slow build lat match. Uh, I don't know if this is quite jumpstart me, but it's a good ramp up. <clears throat> but I'm gonna go with a probably a three point five for this one. I like it. Yeah. I didn't realize this was your biggest show of the year. I should have taken more off of my cin- my rating for the cinematic match. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> we already um, moved on, but <laughs> I know. I'm kind of mad that I didn't realize it in time. Um, <laughs> I will be honest. I didn't care for this one bit. Um, I'm going with a two seven five. Okay. Yeah, like, this didn't hit the way I thought it would. Because, like, I know pretty much most, because, like, we talk. So I know most of the matches that are coming up. And on paper, I liked it more than in practice. Like, I feel like I just didn't hit the same. And I'm going to be honest, I don't like the finish at all. That Like, I, I like the low blow part, but I don't like that he won with a superplex. Why? Yeah, I why? just—I don't know. You just I don't like don't, it. I just don't you know, like it. Like, you, I don't know like, if you know this, but back before you and your generation ruined wrestling with no. the with the flippy bullshit, <laughs> that's uh, not my generation. A superplex that's generation. was a a superplex was a career-ending move. Like that's, that's what they would do to write people off TV. That's your generation. First off, with all the flippy <laughs> bullshit, I'm old. Um, yeah, act like it. Give give the superplex the fucking credit it deserves. I, I just don't like I would have preferred like if he did the low his blow only then, his his finisher is a fucking sleeper hold okay hit the, I low, blow him the, <laughs> hit the low blow and put him in the sleeper no I did that's worse to me that's I think this the superplex is better I don't like the superplex being like, why though I don't understand honestly just fucking give Roddy Piper a different fucking finisher um I could have yeah I just I, I just did I just didn't like that part uh, I'm gonna give you a three. He was like, Roddy Popper bust out the not, the 630. <laughs> um, yeah. What? He hits the 0-5-4. I almost said that, too. That's weird that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, next match. We've got three more matches, gentlemen. Uh, the Rock makes his long-awaited return to PTC after nearly three years in the opening segment of the second week of Livewire. The Rock's music hits and the crowd goes wild. The Rock takes his time on the ramp, soaking in the cheers from the crowd before walking down to the ring and posing on the turnbuckle again, taking his time to soak in the cheers. Uh, the Rock gets in the ring and walks around the cr- as the crowd chants his name. Rock grabs the microphone and says, Finally, The Rock has come back to P.T.C. <sighs> The fans go crazy as The Rock smiles and absorbs the cheers some more. 
Now I know everybody wants to know why The Rock has come back to PTC now of all times. What is what has brought The Rock back after all these years? What would The Rock set aside his role as the biggest box office attraction in Hollywood to come back to PTC? One word. Hunger. See, The Rock is a hungry, hungry man. The Rock had the hunger to win the world championship not once, not twice, not three times, but ten times. But that wasn't enough. No. The Rock wanted more. So The Rock went to Hollywood and used his hunger to become the number one box office attraction and the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. Franchise killer. I thought he was going to say The Rock was going to be hungry, hungry hippo. Even that just wasn't enough for The Rock. The Rock wanted more. The Rock wanted to be on top of the world one more time. The Rock wanted one last dance. The Rock wanted to win the world championship one more time. So The Rock called Travi T and told him The Rock was coming back. And The Rock was coming back for the PTC World Heavyweight Championship. Travi told The Rock all he had to do was win one match at Armageddon. One match is all that stands between The Rock and number 11. So one match at Armageddon and then Shelton Benjamin, Muhammad Hassan, whichever one of you jabronis leaves the Armageddon world, leaves Armageddon world champion, The Rock is going to beat your monkey ass and take that title. So this is the only one question remains. The Rock asks the PTC locker room, which one of you jabronis is going to come out here and answers The Rock's challenge to go one on one with the great one? The Rock paces back and forth, staring down at the stage, waiting for someone to answer his call. After a few minutes, Shawn Michaels' music hits, and the Heartbreak Kid makes his way to the ring, making the first, marking the first time he has been seen on PTC television in over eight years. Shawn Michaels gets in the ring, and The Rock come face-to-face. The two men stare at each other for a long while. The intensity is through the roof. Finally, The Rock puts the microphone to his mouth and says, No, before dropping the microphone and leaving the ring. Shawn Michaels walks up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shawn Michaels walks out to the ring uh, to speak to the crowd on the next week's Livewire and The Rock. Now, I know every, nobody expected to see old HB Shizzle come out last week to answer The Rock's call. Hell, I didn't no. even know I was going to do it. What? No. No. <laughs> Keep going. No. <laughs> Until I told Travi T to have the tra- <laughs> Truck hit my music. And after eight years of being nothing more than a trainer or producer, at best the guy they can send out to do a press run, why did I come out and answer the Rocks Open Challenge? You know, I wondered that too. Why would I do something like that? Then I had the answer. I realized I always had the answer. I have faced everyone who's anyone in this ring, from Bret Hart to John Cena, Kevin Nash to Steve Austin, Ric Flair to Hulk Hogan, Triple H to The Undertaker. The one guy I never got in there mixed it up with was The Rock. I want to be able to say I beat them all, and that's why I am the showstopper. Unfortunately, The Rock asked for somebody to answer his challenge, but when I did, he just said no. Too bad I'm not one to take no for an answer, Rock. Last week, you came out here and told the world why you were back. Tonight, I came out and told the world why I answered your challenge. Now the ball's back in your court. Tell the world why you're scared to go one-on-one with Shawn Michaels at TakeOver Armageddon. Either that or get your ass out here and tell me you'll see me in that ring on New Year's weekend. Shawn Michaels waits a moment, but nothing happens. That's what I expected. The show fades to black as Shawn Michaels walks to the back. 
<sighs> the main event segment of week four is Livewire sees The Rock in the ring to discuss his long his match at TakeOver Armageddon. Finally, The Rock has come back to PTC. For two long weeks, The Rock has heard some of the questions swirl from the PTC universe. Why, Rocky, why? Why did The Rock deny the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels the opportunity to go one-on-one -on -one with the great one? Well, the, let The Rock tell you why. Shawn Michaels has two reputations in this industry. The one he has with you fans is that he is the greatest of all time. From bell to bell, there has never been a man to match his greatness. Then there's the reputation, reputation with the boys. As, biggest, as the biggest stain this industry has ever had. Shawn Michaels has been known to be hard to work with early in his career. Even before he made a name for himself, a young Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty had a tag team going. Maybe you've heard of them, the Rockers. They went from territory to territory trying to make their names. Well, they stumbled onto the Big Island in Hawaii to wrestle for Polynesian professional wrestling under the then-promoter Leah Maivia. Now, for the uninitiated, let The Rock explain why this is important. See, Leah Maivia is the wife of the High Chief Peter Maivia, head of the Anawaii family, the grandfather to the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. So Sean and Marty, Marty go to Hawaii and make a name for themselves, and make a name for themselves they did. Sean had the audacity to call the great Leah Maivia a stinking pig of a woman and told her, and I quote, Shut your mouth, bitch. We run the show now. The Rock says he didn't need lights in the camera to let a smack down on anybody's candy ass, and it was no different that night, and Shawn Michaels can tell you that. Now fast forward to when The Rock was making his name as the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. Shawn Michaels put his nose to the, in The Rock's business when he hit The Rock with a sweet chin music and cost The Rock a world title match against Triple H. When The Rock got back behind the curtain, he looked high and he looked low until he found Shawn Michaels. Then he took his size 14 boot, turned it sideways, he shined that son of a bitch up, and he stuck it up Shawn Michaels' candy ass. So let's rock get, let The Rock get right to the point. Shawn Michaels, The Rock doesn't respect you. In fact, you make The Rock sick to his stomach. The Rock has no interest in facing Shawn Michaels at TakeOver Armageddon. The Rock says he has no Hold on, I lost my... The Rock has no interest in... The Rock says he has no interest... Oh, The Rock says he has no interest in fighting Shawn Michaels ever again because The Rock already whooped your candy ass twice. The Rock doesn't need Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels needs The Rock. Shawn Michaels wants to get right by God, so he first he feels so he first he feels he must get right by the great one. The Rock doesn't know if this is one of the 12 steps, but getting your ass beat by The Rock isn't happening at TakeOver Armageddon. If you smile what The Rock is cooking. Playing both the hits. <laughs> um, the next episode of Live Wire sees The Rock open the show with a promo. Finally, The Rock has come back to New Orleans. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. The Rock has spent the past week listening to the fans. They want to know... Who will go one-on-one -on -one with the Great One at TakeOver Armageddon? And The Rock says, good question. You want to know who The Rock's opponent is, but it doesn't matter who The Rock's opponent is. So The Rock says this. If you want to go one-on-one -on -one with the Great One at TakeOver Armageddon, all you have to do is head down Know Your Roll Boulevard, hang that right at Jabroni Drive, and check your candy ass into the SmackDown Hotel. If you smile, what The Rock is cooked.
before The Rock can finish his signature catchphrase, Danhausen's music hits, and Danhausen makes his way to the ring, waving to the crowd nonchalantly as he does so. The Rock Dan looks offended. <laughs> the, Lock, I mean, the Rock looks offended Rock that Danhausen Dan Dan would interrupt him. Danhausen goes to grab a microphone, and when he goes to speak, The Rock puts his hand over Danhausen's mic a microphone before putting his own mic to his mouth. Who in the blue hell are you? The Rock stares at Danhausen, and Danhausen responds, "Yes, Dwayne. It doesn't matter who who Danhausen is. Ooh, big cheers from the crowd." Now back to the business housing. Danhausen has some has come to collect the hum, many human monies that Rock the Dwayne Johnson owes Danhausen. So please kindly, Dwayne Housen, you can settle this up, or you will be cursed. The Rock looks dumbfounded <laughs> as he can't believe what he is witnessing. I'm sorry. We should have had John again he, for that. I can't, like, Dan, I can't do a Dan Danhausen impression. I'm mad. Like you should have had John re record that. <laughs> well, I didn't know he wasn't going to be here until fucking now. I was going to send him and should, have him do it. John, I need hey, to send me the Danhausen promo. If you real want quick. us to do more promo or more more uh, impressions, you should make fun of us when we do them. That's a good Hey, point. that's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Uh, yeah. He sounds like a count house. Don't post a picture if you don't want to get roasted. True. True. The Rock looks dumbfounded as he can't believe what he is witnessing. The Rock looks at Danhausen, then turns then to the crowd, then back to Danhausen before saying, Now Munchausen, the Rock doesn't know who or what you are, but what the Rock does know is he could hear the millions and millions and of millions. the Rock's fans chanting the Rock's name before you step through that curtain. Now all the Rock can hear is Danhausen, 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 Danhausen. Danhausen cuts in. Yes, they they love that Danhausen. The Rock come, <laughs> the Rock can tell that. Hold on, I, I didn't even do my impression because I was laughing at my own impression of Danhausen. <laughs> the Rock can tell that they do in fact love that Danhausen. Now, the Rock has just one question for you. Do you like pie? The crowd chants Poontang Pie as Dan Housen responds. Poontang Pie. Poontang <laughs> what is this? Pie. What is this? He's like making pie. up for John not hitting the classic, so he's hitting every <laughs> classic he can. He's hitting all the classics. He's doing the opposite of John. If you have a let me fucking promo, let me fucking do my fucking. What does he miss? Can uh, we finish it up for him? Uh, can we? Can we, can we <laughs> Hold on, there's 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 more to this. It Dan doesn't Housen matter. Not, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Danhausen did not get to be six feet seven inches tall and well over three hundred pounds by skipping dessert. The Rock continues. The Rock wants the world to know that hashtag Rockhausen is trending worldwide. What do you say, New Orleans? At Takeover Armageddon, Armageddon, Danhausen versus the pie eating, jabroni beating, trailblazing. Eyebrow raising, foot off the brake, step on the gas, always ready to whoop some candy at. Before The Rock can finish his sentence, Dan Helsen pulls the microphone away and says, No, 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 no. No swearing is allowed on television. If you swear, we will be pulled from the television channels and then Dan Helsen will not be able to get even more rich and more famous. And that simply won't do. Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne Helsen, Dan Helsen has no interest in fighting you at takeout, Chinese takeover. End of the world. Dan Housen wants Rock the Dwayne Johnson to pay Dan Housen the human monies Dwayne owes him or be cursed. (laughs) 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 The Chinese take over. Take out. (laughs) (laughs) 
I want you to know I'm not laughing with you. I'm laughing at you. I don't give a fuck. I'm laughing with you. That's all the fuck that matters. He's mad. Oh, Dan Housen wants wants The Rock, the Dwayne Johnson, to pay Dan Housen the human monies Dwayne owes him or be cursed. Dwayne does not wish to fight Dwayne as they have too much in common. Dwayne is half black, half Samoan. Dan Housen is half very nice, half very evil. So please just give Dan Housen his many human monies Dwayne owes him. The Rock smiles and says, no, 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 Dan Housen. See, that's where you're wrong. The Rock isn't half black and half Samoan. No, 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 no. That's a common misconception. Let The Rock educate you. The Rock is 49 and one half percent Samoan. 49 and one half percent black. And one percent Suganese. Dan Housen looks confused and saying, we're saying Suganese? Dan Housen is not familiar with Suganese. What is this? The Rock replies, Suganese nuts, jabroni! Before calling, <laughs> nailing Dan Housen with the people's up, uh, or the rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> And this is how you do it, John. This is how you do it. Dan Housen rolls out of the ring and The Rock celebrates and hypes the crowd. After a few minutes, a a hurt Dan Housen speaks while lying on the ramp. Rock, uh, Dan Housen did not want to do this, but Rock the Dwayne Johnson has left Dan Housen no choice. You're cursed! Dan Housen does a signature taunt, cursing The Rock as The Rock laughs. The camera pans and we see Shawn Michaels standing behind The Rock. Shawn taps on The Rock's shoulder and when The Rock turns around, he eats the sweet chin music. The segment ends with Shawn Michaels looking down at The Rock's unconscious body. Oh. <laughs> Christ, I tell you. Christ. That might be my favorite segment I've ever written in, in all of Boogerverse. I don't care if y'all liked it. I fucking love that shit. We need a tag team now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I told the moment I wrote this, I said, writing this makes me mad. We'll probably never see Dan Housen and The Rock interact. Ever, yeah. Uh, so two weeks after Shawn Michaels super kicked The Rock, The Rock makes his return to Livewire. The Rock looks fired up as he paces the ring. Shawn Michaels, you just can't take no for an answer. You walked your monkey ass down to this ring, you stared into The Rock's eyes, and The Rock told you no. You came out the next week to cry about it. Gave the millions and millions of The Rock's fans a sob story so they could reach out to The Rock and try to give it, get him to give you a chance. The Rock came down here, told the people the truth, and once again told you, Shawn Michaels, that you would be going one, you would not be going one on one with the great one. Yet you still don't get it. You sent the demon you used to fight out, you used to fight out here to distract The Rock. He, <coughs> he thought he impressed The Rock with his face paint. He thought The Rock was going to give him a shot just because he, because he liked pie. He couldn't keep his eyes off the people's strudel. Just so The Rock would, could let his guard down and Shawn Michaels could attack while The Rock's back was turned. So Shawn Michaels, since you're so set on getting your candy ass whooped by The Rock, the people's champ will give you what you want. At TakeOver Armageddon, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels, the showstopper, will go one-on-one with the great one. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. All right, the go-home show. The main event segment of the Go Home Live Wire, uh, Shawn Michaels comes out to close the show. You all know I've never been one to take no for an answer. The heartbreak kid gets what he wants every single time. Now, Rock, no matter how hard you try, this is not personal. This is just business. Just like Bret Hart, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Randy Orton, Triple H, and so many more before you, 
I'm going to take you to the limit. I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat, and I'm going to beat you on the biggest stage because that's what the showstopper does. I walk, I walk up to the biggest names in the business, and I put them down for the count. Whether you love me or you hate me, it doesn't matter because I have something nobody else in this industry has ever had, and that's the will to be the very best. Rock, I'm going to come out to the ring Saturday night, and I'm going to give you the best match of your career. And I'm going to put on a show like these people have never seen before. Why? Because I can. See you this weekend, Rocky. Shawn Michaels finishes the promo, and the Rock hits music hits, and the People's Champion walks to the ring. The Rock get, uh, gets in the ring, and the Great One and the Showstopper come face-to-face again. Finally, the Rock has come back! To New York City. Now, Shawn Michaels, The Rock was sitting in the back. The Rock was listening to you come out here and say your little speech. You talked about beating Bret Hart, beating John Cena, Ric Flair, beating Triple H, The Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, Randy Orton, and everyone else you've ever been in the ring with. Well, The Rock says this. The Rock beat those very same men. And at TakeOver Armageddon this Saturday night, The Rock will beat you too. Shawn Michaels and The Rock are staring eye to eye, and Shawn Michaels says, Shawn Michaels lays down for absolutely nobody. Rock, I don't give a damn what you think about me because I am simply the best to ever do this. I'm not here to earn your respect. I'm here to make you just another notch in my belt. Strip away the eyebrows and the catchphrases and the swagger, and we see that The Rock is just another man, just another wrestler, just another statistic on Shawn Michaels' record. After this weekend, Rock, you're going to realize that I am the great one. The Rock gets wide-eyed as he is in shock that Sean said this. You think you're The Rock. You think you're the great one, but clearly you're not. You're a nothing, a nobody, a peon, a blemish on The Rock's buttocks. But make no mistake about it. This Saturday, The Rock is going to prove to you. This goof behind the camera. This chick gawking at The Rock strudel and from row three in the millions and millions of The Rock's fans that The Rock is the better man. And The Rock guarantees that. Shawn Michaels smirks and says, Rock. I am the showstopper. I am the main event. I am the man. And nobody ever, ever outperforms HBK in a big match situation. Many men have tried and all fell to the same song, the sweet chin music. Sean pushes uh, the rock and goes for the sweet chin music, but rock ducks under and goes for the rock bottom. But (coughs) Sean narrowly escapes and rolls out of the ring. Sean uh, shouts up to The Rock. It only takes one to put you out. All right, time for the match. Um, the Rock comes out wearing black trunks with white designs, black elbow pads, black knee pads, and black boots. Shawn Michaels is wearing white tights with red hearts all over, white leather vest with red hearts, uh, red heart-shaped glasses, and white boots, and white wrist tape. Shawn Michaels and The Rock come face-to-face, and they're talking trash-talking back and forth. Shawn Michaels pushes The Rock in the chest, and The Rock stumbles back a couple steps. The Rock smirks and walks forward and mooshes Shawn Michaels in the face, shoving Shawn three or four steps backwards. Shawn wipes his face with his hands, uh, with his hand, with his lips pursed, and then not, and he nods as he, and he nods his head a few times before walking in and nailing Rock with a forearm to the face. The Rock answers back with a punch to the face. Then both men start trading right hands back and forth. The Rock gets the upper hand and hits Shawn Michaels with a signature punch, sending Shawn to the mat. Shawn rolls out of the ring and tries to recompose himself while The Rock gets down in the. Uh, on the gets down in the hands. Oh, in the hands on the knees taunt he does. You know what I mean? He's like standing on his, with his hands on his knees. 
The Rock does his t- signature, just bring it taunt. And Shawn Michaels shakes his head and rolls back into the ring. The Rock and Shawn Michaels lock up with a collar and elbow tie-up. And The Rock ex- wins the exchange, tossing Michaels into the ropes with an Irish whip and hitting a snap overhead belly-to-belly suplex off the rebound. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Shawn Michaels rolls back out of the ring again and starts stomping around angrily. Uh, Shawn is cursing and throwing a fit, yelling at Jim Ross and knocking papers and other items off the announce desk. Finally, The Rock uh, rolls out of the ring and hits Shawn with a running back elbow smash, sending Shawn down. The Rock uh, starts to stomp Shawn Michaels on the outside before picking Shawn up and rolling him in the ring. As The Rock rolls back in after Shawn, HBK rolls back out of the ring and onto the floor. The Rock rolls back out of the ring and HBK hits, uh, hits him with an enziguri. Uh, the Rock stumbles and turns around. HBK wants to maintain control, so he grabs Rock and puts him down with a teardrop suplex onto the floor. Shawn Michaels climbs up on the apron and dives back down onto the Rock with an acai moonsault. Michaels then throws Rock back into the ring and uh, slides in after him. Michaels then hits Rock with a slingshot suplex followed by an arm trap crossface. The Rock eventually works his way to the ropes to force the rope break. Shawn Michaels breaks the hold after a four count, and Shawn is visibly upset as he walks away from The Rock. As The Rock makes his way to, to his feet, Shawn Michaels rushes him and but catches him with a standing drop kick. <coughs> Rock follows up with an Irish whip followed by a jumping clothesline. Both men lie on the ground for a moment before a double kip up from both men, and we once again have a face-off. The Rock begins to open up with stiff shots followed by a stiff kick to the gut and then a running swinging neckbreaker. The Rock keeps his momentum putting Shawn Michaels in the sharpshooter. Shawn Michaels screams out in pain as he reaches out for the ropes. HBK crawls towards the ropes, but The Rock uh, brings him back to center multiple times. Finally, HBK makes it to the ropes, uh, forcing The Rock to break the hold. The Rock gets down with his hands on his knees, sizing HBK up. As HBK uh, pulls himself up with the ropes and turns around, The Rock goes for the rock bottom, but uh, Shawn Michaels reverses by flipping behind The Rock and nailing him with a belly-to-back suplex. Shawn keeps the momentum going, running from one side of the ring to... uh, one side of the ring and back, nailing Rock with a flying forearm before hitting a kip up and hyping the crowd. Shawn Michaels waves the Rock up to his feet before hitting a drop kick, sending Rock stumbling back into the ropes. Rock bounces off the ropes and Shawn sprints out and hitting a flying head scissor, sending the Rock stumbling to the ground. Shawn Michaels jumps over the top rope to the apron and waves for the Rock to stand back up. Rock pushes himself up and stumbles around and Shawn hits a slingshot crossbody, but the Rock catches in midair and reverses for a, a Samoan drop. Both men are laying on the ground now, and the referee begins to count. At the count of eight, both The Rock and Shawn Michaels simultaneously kept up to their feet. Both men are looking across the ring at each other as the crowd goes wild. Both men walk closer to the ring, and The Rock stand, stops and extends his hand just in front of Shawn Michaels' face and does the just bring it taunt. Shawn smirks and chuckles to himself as he looks down and shakes his head before going for a super kick. The Rock ducks underneath it and hits Shawn Michaels with an arm drag, followed by a shoulder break, a running shoulder breaker. <clears throat> Uh, Rock keeps uh, the fight on his side by hitting Shawn Michaels with a flowing snap DDT and keeps up to his feet after getting the crowd on their feet. The Rock looks over to the corner and points to the top rope. Rock climbs to the top rope, and as the Rock Shawn Michaels stands up, the Rock dives down with a diving cross body from the top rope. Shawn Michaels rolls through, however, and hits the Rock with a scoop slam. Michaels follows up with a swinging neck breaker, sending uh, Rock to the mat. You don't think he can do that, Keith? I don't like he <clears throat> rock cross bodies and he does that roll through where like like John Cena picks yep. him up. Yep. Uh maybe. <laughs> I think he can do it. I just feel like Rock is fucking huge. But <clears throat> if you said it, he did it. Fair enough. Michaels follows up with a swinging neck breaker, sending Rock to the mat. 
Shawn Michaels starts tuning up the band, but he when he goes for the sweet chin music, The Rock once again ducks underneath. The Rock goes for a big right hand, but HBK ducks under and nails The Rock with a drop kick, sending The Rock down to the mat. HBK follows up with a single arm DDT before locking in a modified figure four leg lock. Rock looks like he's going to tap, but he eventually is able to reverse the hold and put the pressure on HBK. HBK quickly lunges to the ropes to break the hold. The Rock sells the knee as he gets back to his feet. HBK pushes himself to his feet, but turns into the Rock, into the Rock who help, who hits him with a rock bottom. The Rock pops up uh, to go for the people's elbow, but midway through his run, drops to the mat, selling the knee further, knee injury further. The time allows Shawn Michaels to recover, and HBK gets back to his feet using the ropes. The Rock stumbles and goes for HBK, but Shawn hits him with a springboard back elbow, sending both men to the mat. Shawn grabs uh, Rock and pulls him. Where's it? Pulls him up going for a spike pile driver, but Rock reverses with a back body drop before dropping back to his knees, selling the knee injury. Rock stumbled back up and limps over to HBK, pulling him to his feet and Irish whooping Sean into the ropes, but Sean leaps into the, onto the middle rope and nails Rock with a twisting springboard plancha. Sean rolls to his feet and goes to the corner, but he tunes up the band once again. The Rock slowly pushes himself to his feet, and as Sean comes in for the sweet chin music, the Rock catches the foot of HBK and throws it down before nailing uh, HBK with a spine buster. The Rock hobbles over and starts to set up for the people's elbow. The Rock limps from one side of the ring up and over HBK and back to the center, but HBK meets him in the middle and flatlines him with a super kick. HBK falls backwards onto the Rock, and the referee counts the pin. One, two, no, the Rock barely gets his shoulder up just before the three. Shawn Michaels can't believe it. He argues with the referee, but the ref insists it was only a two count. Shawn Michaels looks down at the Rock's lifeless body on the ground and proceeds to climb to the top rope. HBK stands on the top rope looking at the crowd before shrugging his shoulder, hitting the crotch chop taunt, and diving it down for an elbow drop. But the Rock rolls out of the way at the last second, sending HBK crashing to the mat. Rock stumbles to his feet and Irish whips HBK into the ropes. Into the corner, I'm sorry. He then follows up with a corner clothesline. Rock then hoists Sean to the top of the ropes and climbs up after him. After a few right hands to the face, the Rock hoists Shawn Michaels up and hits a superplex into the ring. Both men are down are down again, and the referee once again starts his count for a double knockout. Right at nine, the Rock leaps to the ropes, pulling himself to his feet. The Rock hobbles over to HBK, sets up the people's elbow. The Rock limps from one side of the ring to over Shawn Michaels to the other side of the ring, and then finally hits the people's elbow. The Rock rolls over, getting one arm on top of HBK for the one, two, three. The Rock wins the match. Damone doesn't like any of these, these finishes. I definitely don't like that one. I don't wow. like. The, I mean, like I get the people's elbow is uh, is finished technically, but uh, okay, finished technically. You're gonna it. It's his finish. Yeah. He doesn't. He finishes people with the people's elbow way more often than he does the the rock bottom. Just because y'all hate the people's elbow doesn't mean I I should get penalized. No, for that's the move. true, and it's the silliest thing. <laughs> <laughs> No, I know, but it's, it's, but that's not my fault. <laughs> so the Rock, the Rock hasn't. When was the last time the Rock wrestled against Eric Rowan? We talked. We talked about this. No, in your world. Oh, in my no, world. No, 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 no. I meant Three years. in general, but that's oh. fine. Oh, in general. Yeah, Eric Rowan. So, like, I'm so if he hasn't done it, if he hasn't done it in five years, is it, is, is it a finisher? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Someone give me a score and some feedback. I'm gonna give you. Like I really love the Dan Housen stuff, and everything was good. <coughs> I'm gonna give you a five. 
Like, Let's go. Take, I was going to take points off for the finish, but you are right. It is his finisher, so I can't punish you for The Rock having Thank a shitty finisher. Thank so, you. Keith? To be fair, though, also, before anybody goes any further, the shitty finisher did help me a lot because it let me, like, build to it because it's such a long finish. So the first time he, he, tri- he falls and he sells the knee, right? And then the second time, Shawn Michaels kips up and hits him with the super kick. It's like it's like the high drama of it. I, so I did like that aspect, and then finally he hits it for the win. I like that. I like that you did it the third time. Question. <clears throat> yeah. First two times, did he take off his elbow pad? Yeah. So the last time he just had to go. Did he, had no more did he look? To... Did he like go to grab it and like, yeah, oh yep, shit, yep. I don't have it. Yeah, he he said five. <laughs> no but for real this was great this was very entertaining oh wait no, was... it wasn't really a five <laughs> no it's for real a five oh, okay okay i was, say, I was like yeah, okay yeah, i hope so real. thank you <laughs> it's it, this was great this was funny this was and it's two of my probably top five um and this was great did you like the did you like the rockhausen i did i want to hear mike hated it, I feel like mike mike made it a point to tell me he was making fun of me and I was like, that's fine. Everybody else is laughing <laughs> with me, bitch. <laughs> no, it was just that one part. I was the, the whatever that one part that happened. I don't even remember what it was, but <laughs> the Chinese takeout. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. He like that was before that. He was something. No, no, it was, it was around that time. It was, was it? it was that section, yeah. I don't that that was at the very end. That the Chinese Chinese takeout into the world instead of takeover Armageddon is yeah. hilarious. Um but that also, was he was highlight. he was calling he was calling him Rock the Dwayne jo- jo- uh, Rock the Dwayne Johnson instead of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Right. Um, that was probably the highlight of it. I that's fun. I'm not sold on it being a perfect. <coughs> um, I'm gonna four and a half. I'll take it. Moving on, so I'm trying to get this done. Two more matches, guys. Bear with me. Kurt Angle and AJ Styles have a back-and-forth match lasting 18 minutes in the main event of the inaugural episode of PTC Genesis. Kurt Angle reverses the Styles clash by picking uh, AJ Styles' ankle and making him tap out to an ankle lock. Uh, Dana Bryan and Santos Escobar have a classic 27-minute match in the main event of Livewire that ends in a no contest when Jamie Noble interferes and assaults Santos Escobar. Kurt Angle comes out to the ring to close Genesis and he grabs a mic. Who back in that locker room wants a chance to go against your hero, the Olympic gold medalist and the greatest of all time, Kurt Angle? Kurt places the paces the ring for a moment and nobody comes out. Excuse me, sorry. Um, come on. I know somebody back there wants a chance for Kurt Angle to make them famous. It's true. It's damn true. Swallow that fear and walk on down this this ring so I can make you tap out. Also, I just want to I want to clarify something real quick. Yeah. This is skinny, <clears throat> hair starting to grow back, beard. I sunken in perk angle. Okay, so this is perk angle. This is the goat right now. Okay, I just okay. want to put that out there. The fucking goat. I really thought. <laughs> I really thought you have him be out there like taking candy and shit. Like, who back there? Who better than Angle? <laughs> <laughs> Dan Housen comes back out. <laughs> um, Kurt Housen. Uh, where does I at? Kurt Angle puts his hands on his knees as he prepares for someone to answer his challenge, but again, nobody comes out. Come on! You mean to tell me none of you want to reach up and grab your opportunity? What, are you sick? 
You're hurt. You already wrestled tonight. You forgot your gear. You're scared. What could possibly be preventing you from walking through that curtain? Real champions don't let anything get in their way. That's why I won this Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Kurt Angle is fired up and now, and finally someone answers the challenge. Mike Quackenbush's music hits and the man of a thousand holds walks out. Uh, Angle throws his mic out of the ring and weighs Quackenbush in. Angle and Quackenbush uh, have a competitive match lasting 15 minutes. It sees Angle win by reversing the Quacken Driver won by the Quacken Driver won by rolling through and grabbing the ankle and forcing the submission on uh, Quackenbush. Um, on live wire, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles have a great 13 minute match that sees Daniel Bryan win the by pinfall after a Bisaku knee. <coughs> um, yeah, so. Um, Daniel Bryan grabs a, a microphone after the match and says, Guys, for the past three years, I've been the embodiment of a fighting champion. I think there's no doubt in anybody's mind where I sit in terms of great cruiserweight champions. I raised the cruiserweight championship to rival the world title in AWC. While guys like Ric Flair, Mick Foley, and Dave Bautista were phoning it in during the main events, I was tearing the house down with guys like Christopher Daniels, Dean Malenko, Pac, and Chris Bay. I carried that over, over here to PTC when AWC was purchased. I demanded to be a fighting champion and keep the AWC Cruiserweight Championship alive. So I went after the best cruiserweight in PTC, that man, AJ Styles. And we put on a master class for, prof for professional wrestling. I have defended the Cruiserweight title against everyone from Hushin Liger to Mike Quackenbush to Jamie Noble and Tyson Kidd. You name them, I've fought them. I'm not here to make excuses. I lost to take over one night only. And now I can't challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship anymore. I don't know what else I have left to do in pro wrestling. I've beat them all. I've achieved all my dreams. I don't know what else I have to give uh, to wrestling. I'm not saying this is goodbye, but I have to take some time to think about what's next, if anything at all is next. Thank you all for your love and support. Until next time. The crowd chants, no, no, no. Daniel Bryan no, gets on his knees, no, no. leans down and kisses the mat before taking his boots off and leaving them in the center of the ring and heading up the ramp as the crowd chants, thank you, Bryan. One more match. One more match. Go <coughs> Dragon. So, Bret Hart comes out on Livewire the next week for the first time in two years. Bret Hart uh, walks around the ring a bit as the crowd cheers for him. After a few moments, Bret grabs a mic and begins to speak. You know, I've been traveling the world as a free agent, fighting anybody that wants to challenge the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. From Canada to Japan, Germany to Mexico, America to the British Isles, nobody is safe from the excellence of execution. Well, last Tuesday, I had a rare day off. I decided to turn on the television, and what do I see? I see Daniel Bryan face off with AJ Styles in a match that reminded me of Shawn Michaels and I back in the day. After the match, Daniel grabbed the mic and said that he had done it all. He had beat everyone that mattered. That's funny, Daniel, because I don't remember you ever beating me. Brett stares deadpan into the camera for a moment before continuing. Daniel Bryan, you said you didn't know what else to give to professional wrestling. I can tell you what I gave to professional wrestling and what I continue to give to professional wrestling every single night. I give it my all. I give it my all because that's what these people deserve. If you turn your back, if you want to turn your back on these fans, you want to take your ball and go home because the cards aren't being dealt in your favor, that's fine. You want to throw a fit because you feel like you got screwed. I know what it's like to get screwed and I came back better than ever. You want to stay at home and hide your pain, then go right ahead. But don't you ever come out here and tell the people that you're the best. Don't let these tell these people that you've beat them all. And don't tell these people you've given them all you can give them. 
I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. And until you beat me, you haven't beaten anybody. So so, so long as you have air in your lungs, you have more to give. Daniel, I know you're back there. I know you planned on doing a little interview with Ariel Hawani for his podcast confirming your retirement. If you have any inkling of hesitation, if you want to prove that you are exactly what you say you are, then one more time, one more match, the American Dragon Daniel Bryan at TakeOver Armageddon against the Hitman Bret Hart. No championships, no weapons, no silly stipulations, just two professional wrestlers out to prove which is the greatest of all time. Now, what do you say, Daniel? If you're the man, no. If you're the professional wrestler I think you are, come down here and shake my hand and make this official right now. Bret Hart stands in the center of the ring, uh, staring out on the ramp for a few moments until Daniel Bryan's music finally hits and he, out he walks. <coughs> Daniel Bryan walks up to Bret Hart and both men stare at each other intensely before Daniel Bryan nods and extends his hand. Bret and Bryan shake hands and the match is official. During the handshake, Kurt Angle sneaks in behind Bret and hits him with a German suplex. Kurt Angle pops up and Daniel Bryan pushes him and screams, what are you doing? Kurt answers with an overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Kurt continues in one slot, stomping away at Bret Hart in the corner until Daniel Bryan tries to intervene again. Kurt lays Bryan out with a big right hand before locking in the ankle lock. Security floods the ring and pulls Kurt off of Daniel Bryan and the medical staff pulls... Daniel Bryan and Bret Hart out of the ring towards the ramp as Kurt is held back by security. Before Bret, Bryan, and Bret and Hart, uh, before Bryan and Hart can exit the ringside area, Kurt Angle breaks free and hits a suicide somersault senton over the top rope and onto Bryan, Hart, and the medical staff. Kurt Angle grabs Bret by the back of the head and smashes his skull into the steel post before turning back to Daniel Bryan and hitting him with a German suplex into the barricade. The security finally pulls Kurt Angle off and drags him up the ramp while he screams out, "I'm the fucking goat! I'm the goddamn goat!" I'm the GOAT! USA! 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 <laughs> the, you the, suck. You're going to blow out somebody's you earphones. Suck. Like, good. Damone doesn't know how to fix that. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Damone what he knows. <laughs> Damone doesn't know how to fix that. <laughs> um, prove him wrong, Damone. <laughs> Kurt Angle opens the next live wire with a promo. They all ask, why, Kurt? Why? Because I'm the greatest of all time and I'll do what the hell I want. That's why. For two weeks straight, I had to listen to Daniel Bryan and Bret Hart suck themselves off talking about how great they are and how much they give to professional wrestling for all of you people. Screw that. Screw you people. I'm the best to ever do this. Everybody knows it, and I don't give a crap about any of you. Now, I'll be damned if a guy who let a concussion and a sprained neck stop his career in his prime face off against a guy that let a 50-year-old office manager and a male porn star stop him from winning a belt for the right to be called the greatest of all time. When I won an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. If Bret Hart and Daniel Bryan want to figure out who the greatest of all time is, look no further than the guy that kicked your butts last week. The same guy that is inserting himself into your match at TakeOver Armageddon. And the very same guy that's going to break both of your ankles. It's true. It's damn true. Kurt Angle throws the microphone out of the ring and screams out to the crowd, I'm the GOAT, repeatedly. (laughs) Bret Hart and Daniel Bryan versus the Motor City Machine Guns in the tag team match. Uh, so they form a tag team before their match to take over Armageddon, facing off against the Motor City Machine Guns. After 16 minutes, Kurt Angle comes out with a steel chair and lays out all four men before stacking Daniel Bryan on top of Bret Hart and putting locking in a double ankle lock. Uh, the show goes off the air with the security guards pulling Kurt Angle out of the ring. Are you, like, supplying him with the perks? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and cocaine. He, he likes that now, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gonna, hit, gonna get hit with that Vince McMahon lawsuit. <laughs> um, Bret Hart and Scott Justice have a singles match lasting 18 minutes at one point in the match. 
Scott Justice goes for a super kick, but Bret Hart uh, ducks underneath it. And the kick connects with the referee. Bret Hart ends up hitting Justice with his double leg takedown, followed by locking in the sharpshooter. Scott Justice taps out desperately, but the referee, uh, but the bell doesn't ring as the referee is knocked out cold. Bret goes to wake up the ref, pulling him up to his feet in the corner. As he does, Kurt Angle hits him in the back of the head with a forearm, smashing Bret into the ref and the corner. Kurt assaults Bret as DDP and Kyra March pull Scott Justice out of the ring and try to help him regroup. Kurt Angle starts stomping at Bret in the corner before dragging uh, Bret to the center of the ring and locking in the ankle lock. Daniel Bryan comes out of, out of nowhere, blasting Angle with a busaiku knee. Kurt Angle hits the mat hard and rolls out of the ring, fully uh, reeling. Daniel Bryan hits a tope suicida, knocking Angle himself, Angle and himself up and over the top of the barricade. The two men brawl through the crowd until they disappear. Back in the ring, Bret Hart limps back to his feet just in time to get hit by a diamond cutter from DDP. Kyle March pushes Scott Justice into the ring, who covers Bret as DDP wakes the referee up to count the pin. After the match, as DDP and Kyle March are helping Justice limp up the ramp, the lights flicker on and off. And the commentary cuts in and out. Finally, all the sound is cut out entirely, and the Traviton, Travitron starts glitching before revealing a countdown clock dropping lower one second at a time. That's for Scott Justice's build, not this build, so just, just keep that in mind. That's just a little Easter egg. <clears throat> Daniel Bryan and Lance Storm have a 12-minute match that sees Daniel Bryan win with a Busaiku knee at the Great American Bash tribute to the troops. Uh, Kurt Angle and Hushin Liger open the epi this episode of Genesis with a nine-minute match that sees Kurt Angle win after Liger taps out to the ankle lock. Um, on Livewire, Bret, out Bret Hart comes out to open the show, and he looks fed up. Kurt Angle, you stuck your big nose in my business one too many times. Every time I turn around there, there you are to attack me from behind. You talk about being this big Olympic hero, but all I've ever known you to be is a coward who doesn't want to face me with a fair fight. I'm sick of looking over my shoulder everywhere I go. Just waiting for you to strike again. Kurt Angle, bring your ass out here and let's do this right here. Right <coughs> <coughs> Coughing is me, not, not Bret Hart. Right here, right now, tonight. Kurt Angle appears on the Travitron and says, Bret, part of being the greatest of all time is strategy. I can take you out whenever, wherever, but why work harder when you can work smarter? I'll see you at TakeOver Armageddon, Bret. Actually, I'll see you right now. Turn around. Brett looks confused as the camera pans out and Kurt Angle is standing behind Brett. Brett turns around and the two men start throwing right hands. Kurt ducks a right hand from Brett and hits him with an angle slam. Kurt then rolls outside and grabs two steel chairs. He places Brett's face on one and lifts the other for a one-man concerto, but Daniel Bryan's music hits and Brian rushes to the ring. Angle swings the chair at Brian, but Brian ducks underneath and hits the ropes on the other side, blasting Angle with a busaiku knee on the rebound, sending Angle rolling out of the ring and onto the ground. Daniel Bryan shouts to, out to Angle, who's fleeing up the ramp to, to the back. Bryan check goes to check on Brett, but when he grabs him, Hart smashes him with the, the steel chair over the head in the confusion. Brett is shocked to see that it was Bryan that he hit, not Angle. He drops the chair and backs into the corner, not believing what just happened. Um, so on Livewire, Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho have a back-and-forth match lasting 18 minutes. The climax of the match sees Kurt Angle go for a German suplex, but Jericho grabs the middle rope and hangs on for dear life. The referee counts to five, but Kurt doesn't let go of the waist lock. The referee pries Kurt Angle's hands. Kurt Angle off and gives him a final warning to obey his word. While the ref has his back turned, chastising Kurt Angle, a cameraman smashes his camera into the skull of Chris Jericho. Jericho stumbles back, and Angle hits an angle slam for the pin and the win. The cameraman removes his hat and sunglasses and reveals himself to be Scott Justice. Chris Jericho and Bret Hart have a nine-minute match that sees Jericho win with a Judas effect for the pin. <coughs> and then on Livewire, you have 
Kurt Angle, Scott Justice, and Jamie Noble versus Jan- Daniel Bryan, Chris Jericho, and Santos Escobar. The go-home edition of Livewire sees this match uh, in a nine-minute trios match. The match gets off the rails quickly and as chaotic as it gets. During the chaos, the ref is knocked out of the ring. Bret Hart sneaks in the match, goes for a forearm smash to Kurt Angle, but Angle decks it, making Hart blast Daniel Bryan instead. Hart is stunned, but is quickly caught with, an, with a super kick from Justice, sending him to the mat. Kurt Angle scoops Daniel Bryan up for an angle slam and the pinfall victory for the heel team. All right, on to the match. Kurt Angle is wearing a black singlet with red, white, and blue stars all over it, black knee pads, black elbow pads, and black boots. Daniel Bryan's wearing white tights with green dragons on the sides, green boots and kick pads, and white wrist tape. Bret Hart's wearing a pink singlet with black designs, black tights with pink designs, white boots with pink designs, and black elbow pads. So the bell rings, and Kurt Angle immediately drops to the canvas, rolls under the ropes to the floor. Angle holds his hands up and tells him the ring is all theirs. Bret Hart leans over the ropes, shouting at Angle to get back in the ring. Brian grabs Bret and spins him around and nails him with a stiff chop to the chest. Uh, Bret answers back with a big right hand, and the two men start brawling around the ring. Eventually, Bret Hart grabs the Muay Thai plum on the neck of Brian and pu- pushes him into the corner, <coughs> nailing him with some stiff knees to the core. Once Bret has weakened Brian enough, he drags Brian to the center of the ring and hits a snap suplex on him. Bret rolls through the, su- the suplex and locks on a side headlock on Brian. Um... Brian struggles for a bit. His heart seems to be cool and confident. Finally, Brian is able to kick his legs up up around the head of Bret Hart, pulling him down and breaking free, breaking free from the headlock. Brian quickly transitions into a crucifix before hitting Bret with several stiff elbows to the side of the skull. Bret is able to pull himself out of the crucifix, but before he can do anything further, Dan Brian transitions into a triangle choke. Bret Hart tries to deepen the choke as he is laying, or Brian tries to deepen the choke as he is laying uh, in more stiff elbow shots to the top of the head of the hitman. Brett tries to work himself to his feet, but drops to one knee and looks weary. You can see the life leaving Brett's body as he collapses down and his body goes limp. The ref drops the arms and hits the canvas, and it hits the canvas. Again, the ref drops the arm, and again, it hits the mat. One final time, the ref drops the Brett's arm, and this time, it stops just before the mat. Brett powers through to his feet and goes to lift Brian up for a deadlift powerbomb, but Brian backflips off Brett's shoulders and hits the ropes. Brian connects with a running leg lariat, sending the hitman back to the mat. Brett goes to stand up, but Brian locks in a cravat headlock, followed by multiple stiff knees to the skull of Brett Hart. Brian finishes with a cravat suplex on Hart. Brett rolls through under his knees, and Darren Bryan sees him like this, and the crowd pops. Darren Bryan sizes him up and begins nailing him with yes kicks. Just as he goes for the final kick, Kurt Angle grabs uh, Brian by the ankle and drags him out of, under the ring. Uh, drags him out of the ring under the ropes. Um, Angle grabs Brian by the hair and hits multiple hard headbutts on Brian before nailing an over-the-head belly-to-belly suplex on the Brian onto the floor. <clears throat> Kurt Angle is trash-talking Brian and smacking him in the head. Angle grabs Brian by the hair and pulls him in onto his feet before throwing him to the side of the steel steps. Kurt Angle rolls into the ring and sizes up Bret Hart now. He pulls himself to his feet. Brett pulls himself to his feet using the ropes, but turns around to a double-leg takedown by Kurt Angle. Kurt goes for the pin, but Brett kicks out after only a one-count. Uh, Kurt keeps his momentum, however, by trans- transitioning quick into a cross-face chicken wing. Brett is struggling here. You can hear his pain in his screams. Finally, Kurt breaks his hold, pushing Hart face-first to the mat smugly. Uh, Kurt looks out of the crowd as they boo him. Kurt nods and then grabs the waist lock on Bret Hart before hitting triple-rolling German suplexes on Bret Hart. Kurt screams out to the crowd that he's the GOAT. Uh, Bret Hart crawls to the ropes and uses them to pull himself up. Kurt rushes over and hits a release back suplex over the top rope to the floor on the Bret Hart. Uh, so basically he picks them up like a back suplex and just dumps them over the top rope. 
Uh, Kurt Angle shouts out to the crowd before jumping to the floor and grabbing Bret Hart by the back of the neck. Before Kurt can do anything else, however, Daniel Bryan hits a Busaiku knee on him on the outside. Uh, Bryan grabs Angle and throws him into the ring and rolls in after him. Bryan grabs Angle's wrists and hits a double wrist uh, clutch to a gra- uh, followed by multiple stomps to the to Kurt Angle's chest, face, and head. Bryan follows up with a regal plex to Kurt Angle for a quick one count. Bryan quickly transitions into a deep guillotine choke on Kurt Angle. Uh, Angle starting to fade when Bret Hart hits a standing leg drop on uh, Daniel Bryan to break the hold. Bret grabs Daniel Bryan and hits him with a pile driver before dumping him out of the ring and focusing on Kurt Angle. Hart nails Angle with a swinging neck breaker before draping Angle over the bottom rope and hitting a seated senton. Bret Hart follows up by dragging Angle to the corner and hoisting him up to the top rope. Hart climbs up after him and then nails a superplex on Kurt Angle. Both men are down on the mat for a while. Bret Hart gets back to the to his feet and latches onto Kurt Angle for a sharpshooter. Angle is screaming out in pain as he goes uh, to tap out, but Daniel Bryan rolls in and grabs Angle's arm, stopping him from submitting. Bryan then locks in the label lock on Kurt Angle, while Bret Hart mains, maintains the sharpshooter. Kurt Angle eventually taps out, but the referee can't stop the match because there can only be one winner. Bret Hart breaks the sharpshooter and kicks Daniel Bryan off off of Kurt Angle. Angle rolls out on the apron while Hart and Brian are in each other's faces screaming and arguing. Finally, Daniel Bryan slaps Bret Hart in the face. Bret answers back with multiple stiff right hands followed by a drop kick. Bryan scrambles back to his feet, but Hart puts him down with a DET. Bret then pulls Daniel Bryan, Dan, yeah, Daniel Bryan to the corner before stepping outside and locking in a figure four around the ring post. Daniel Bryan is shouting out from pain, but then he grabs the leg and foot of Bret Hart and locks in an inside heel hook. Bret Hart releases the figure four, but Bret, Brian is holding on with the heel hook while uh, Hart cries out. Brian is destroying the ankle of Bret Hart until Kurt Angle comes back in and hits the springboard frog splash on the Daniel Bryan. Uh, Angle goes for the pin, but um, Daniel Bryan kicks out at two. Kurt Angle is pissed off now. He pulls Daniel Bryan to his feet and he hits, uh, hits him with an angle slam. Kurt then takes his straps down and locks in an ankle lock on Daniel Bryan. Shortly after the submission is locked in, Kurt Angle sees Bret Hart climbing the top rope. Kurt breaks the hold and runs across the ring, leaping from the canvas to the top rope before locking in a waist lock and nailing Bret Hart with an overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Superplex. All three men are laying on the canvas now. Kurt Angle gets himself to his feet and climbs, climbs to the top rope. Uh, he die, Angle dies down for a 450 splash on Bret Hart, but Hart gets his knees up. Kurt Angle rolls out of the ring in pain as Bret Hart and Dana Bryan stumble their feet, and the two of them turn around to see the other standing across the ring. The crowd goes crazy as the two baby faces have a stare-off. Bryan and Hart nod at each other and stumble to the center, and both men start brawling with stiff strikes. Bret Hart gets the upper hand and hits Bryan with a pendulum backbreaker. Hart then climbs to the second rope and hits Bryan with a diving bulldog. Hart goes to lock in the sharpshooter, but when he goes to turn it around, goes but when he turns to lock it in, Brian kicks him off. Brian scrambles to his feet and rushes at Hart, who reverses him with a back body drop. But Brian flips and lands on his feet, running and bouncing off the ropes. When Hart turns around, Dan Brian blasts him with a Busaiku knee. Dan Brian goes for the pin. One, two. But just before the three, Dan Brian gets torn from the ring and onto the floor. Um, Kurt Angle uh, nails Dan Brian over the skull with a steel chair. Kurt Angle rolls back into the ring and pins Bret Hart for the win. No, everyone don't speak at once. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for you. Yeah, we're waiting for you, baby boy. <laughs> nah, you don't want to go first. Um, 
So I think the right person won. Mm-hmm. I really like the Kurt stuff, the Kurt build. I didn't really care for the Daniel Bryan and Brett promos. They were okay. They weren't like yeah. they didn't really draw me in. <clears throat> I really like the match itself. Um, it's the shit I like mostly in wrestling. Um and I like I do like I was conflicted on the finish, but I do kind of like the idea of Kurt stealing the win. Um Kill so shit, I'm gonna baby. give you yeah, I'm gonna give you a four point two five. Mike, if you're about to give me a, a really low number, I hope you have real criticism, not just I wasn't feeling it. Keith, go ahead. <laughs> I kind of want to hear. Mike also, can now. you come back in camera? I was saying, yeah, yeah, sorry, I, I didn't like, realize that. Go backward. <laughs> uh, I like so it. I like. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was a good, um, good build, good match. Uh, actually, the match was really good. It would have been really exciting to watch, like a good, <coughs> like old school wrestling. They're out there mm-hmm. wrestling. Um, I do you think the right guy won? I'm gonna give you. Hmm. Hmm. Go ahead and do it, Keith. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> go with a five. I think this would have been really Thank great. You. Thank you. It was really great. It was really great. I felt like there was a lot going on, and that's not your fault. That's my fault. Um, because I, I. So you're not going to punch me for it, then, right? Uh, that doesn't affect your score, it. then, right? If it's not my fault. It's your fault. Then you're not going to punish yeah. me for it. I said it might be. Doesn't mean it is. Um, you said that's not what you said. You said I don't it's think not your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a four seven five. I'll take I, it. The Scott Justice stuff, and the, like I was just I. Well, it's. I was out. I was done. I, that's I, fine. It's it's intertwining storylines. I get that. I, don't care. I only have so I, many I'll, guys, so, so I people don't wrestle each other. Care about his storylines. <laughs> Go ahead. You don't care about storylines. His storylines. I was about to say that's anything all involving been... Scott Justice. Well, I he's don't my champion, so about. he's he's gonna he's gonna get screen time, guys. <laughs> he's my cruiserweight champion. So, all right. Uh, so final. This is the main event. CM Punk comes out on Rebellion after Takeover one night only with the Cody with Cody and Cassie Hall. Punk grabs a mic and starts to talk to the crowd. Last Sunday, the Second City Savior did what he said he would do. I single handedly took out Scott Hall. Now it's time for me to do this. What Scott never could. I'm gonna be a mentor to these kids that their alcoholic, drug addicted, absent father never wanted to be. I am I the role model that they deserve. Storyline. What'd you say? I just remembered how much I hated this story. <laughs> uh, I am the role model each and every one of you deserve. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke cigarettes and I don't use narcotics. I'm straight edge and that means I'm better than you. Punk drops to the microphone and stares intensely into the camera. Um, the next week on... Um, Rebellion, CM Punk and the Hall siblings come out for another promo. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is CM Punk. I am straight edge, and that means I'm better than you. I don't drink whiskey. I don't smoke cigars. I don't abuse somas until I pass out, and I damn sure don't abandon my children to chase my next high. This locker room is full of addicts and users. This locker room is full of failures. 
This locker room is full of cowards afraid to face their destiny. You all have way more potential than you give yourselves credit for. If you all took the steps that Cody and Cassie did, then you could be almost as great as me. Now, who wants to make that long walk of shame down to this ring, admit their failures, admit to their addictions, and ask the second city savior to take them under his wing and show them how to lay those vices aside and how to live up to their potential? Anyone back there in the locker room is free to come out here and get saved. And all of you at home are free to get saved as well. Just reach out and put your hand on your television screen. And before Punk can finish, Matt Seidel's music hits and he out he comes. Punk speaks to him after he gets in the ring. Matt, what a brave, brave move you've just made. Taking that walk and asking me for the help is the first step in the right direction. I am here to save you, Matt. I am so proud of you. Whoa, 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 Punk. I'm not out here to get saved. I'm out here to tell you what a jackass you sound like. Get off your high horse. Stop with this holier-than-thou bullshit speech. You're a shit stain on this industry. As talented as you are, you can't erase the fact that you're a scumbag that throws a fit and takes their ball and goes home every time you don't get your way. All the talent in the world can't mask the fact that you've placed the blame on all blame of all your failures on everyone else. Punk laughs before saying, <laughs> I forgive you, Matt. I forgive you because you don't know what you're saying. You're probably high right now. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, how can we trust the word of a man that's barred from a country for bringing in illegal substances? But since you're so much better off the way you are, why don't we put it to the test? Cody, you're going to make your singles debut tonight. Right now, in fact, against Mr. Sidall. What do you say, Matt? Willing to test your way of life against mine? Matt Seidel, uh laughs and tells Punk he's on. So they have a match that sees uh, Matt maintain the momentum for most of the match. Matt Seidel goes for the shooting star press, but Cassie Hall distracts the referee, and CM Punk nails him in the back of the head with a ring bell. Cody Hall picks Matt Seidel up off the ground and goes for a razor's edge, but Punk shouts at him, asking him what he's doing. So Cody puts Hall, puts Seidel on his shoulders and hits him with a GTS for the pin and the win. Uh, CM Punk and the Hall siblings are out ne the next week for another promo. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is CM Punk, and I am straight edge. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, and that means I'm better than you. Not only am I better than you, they are better than you. Punk mo motions towards Cody and Cassie before continuing. Last week, Cody Hall beat Matt Seidel all by himself in his very first match. He did that because of me. He did that because my greatness rubbed off on him. I taught that kid everything he knows, unlike his deadbeat father. Every week, my position of greatest of all time and is the second city savior becomes stronger and stronger. I am the going to continue my destiny tomorrow night when Cody Hall goes one-on-one -on -one with Jay Briscoe for the Intercontinental Championship and wins it in his second ever match. The victory will just add to my legacy and prove that I am the greatest to ever do it. I'm the best in the world. My name is CM Punk, and I'm straight edge, and that means I'm better than you. Punk drop, uh, drops the mic and drops to his knees with outstretched arms and a maniacal smile on his face. Uh, on Alpha, Cody Hall faces off with Jay Briscoe for the Intercontinental title. Cody Hall gets beat on most of the match, but once again, his sister distracts the referee. CM Punk pokes the eyes of Jay Briscoe, and Cody Hall lifts him for the razor's edge. But again, Cody, or again, Punk screams out at him. Cody tries to switch to a GTS, but Jay Briscoe reverses it and sends him into the ropes. Cody runs right into Punk, knocking him off the apron and making him fall onto the barricade. 
Cody looks stunned as he slowly backs up, and Jay Briscoe spins him around and hits a Jay Driller for the pin and the win. Uh, CM Punk and the Hall siblings come out the next week on Rebellion, and Punk is furious. You know, America, it really is hard being a single father these days. You give and you give and you give to your kids, and what do you get in return? Nothing! Nothing but disrespect and failure. Cody, you had one job last week. One! All you had to do was hit the go to sleep and win the Intercontinental Championship, but you couldn't even do that. Tell me, Cody, do I look stupid to you? Do I look like an idiot? Am I some sort of asshole here? Why are you treating me like some sort of asshole, then? Why are you acting like this? Haven't I given you everything you've wanted? A father figure? A mentor to guide you? A hero to look up to? Maybe I've been too relaxed with you, Cody. Maybe that's it. You know, Cody, I've had better luck training dogs than I have with you. Matter of fact, since you're clearly dumber than a dog, get on your hands and knees and bark like one. Cody and Cassie look confused and humiliated, but Punk insists. You heard me, Cody. Get on your goddamn knees and bark like the stupid dog you are. Now. Cody apprehensively gets down on all fours and looks humiliated as he stands up, stands, stares up at Punk. Bark, goddammit, bark. Cody Hall begins barking like a dog until uh, CM Punk hits a punt kick to the ribs. Cody Hall is rolling around in pain until Punk puts his boot on his chest. Cody, I've been too lax with you. You need punishment, so stay down there on your back until I'm done talking. I want you to remember the moment I can't forget. I want you to remember what a failure you are. I want you to remember you're a loser just like your deadbeat, alcoholic, drug-addicted father. Count the lights while a man of greatness speaks. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is CM Punk. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't use drugs. I am straight edge, and that means I'm better than you. And Cody... That definitely means I'm better than you. CM Punk drops the mic and the show fades to black with Punk holding his foot on the chest of Cody Hall while Cody uh, holds his ribs and Cass Cassie looks worried in the background. Uh, the next week on Rebellion, Punk and the Hall siblings are back out the next week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, my name is CM Punk. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't use drugs. I'm straight edge and that means I'm better than you. The last couple of weeks have been a little bumpy in this little family of ours. The last few weeks have been a little rough for all of us. Cody, you put a lot of strain on our family, buddy. You put a lot of stress on my shoulders. Don't you think You think I don't have enough to stress about? Think about how you made poor Cassie feel. She was in tears last week, Cody. That's all your fault. But I'm a forgiving guy. I believe in second chances, Cody. So I'm, I'm going to give you a second chance to redeem yourself. A chance to redeem yourself against the champion here in PTC. Tomorrow night on Alpha, Cody, you'll go one-on-one -on -one with Tyler Breeze. Don't disappoint me again, Cody. Now on to bigger news. Next week at the Great American Bash, a tribute to the troops, I will be present. I will be in this ring, and I will issue an open challenge to anybody on either roster to face me at TakeOver Armageddon. Who will be brave enough to answer the call? Or I guess, who will be stupid enough to challenge me? My name is CM Punk. I'm Straight Edge, and that means I'm better than you. So, Cody Hall and Tyler Breeze have a singles match that sees multiple interferences from Cassie Hall and CM Punk, as well as Kendall Jenner and Rick Martel. Uh, the finish sees uh, Cody dodge a supermodel kick from Tyler Breeze and hit Breeze with a razor's edge. Cody goes for the pin, but Punk grabs him by the boot and pulls him out of the ring. The two of them argue for a bit, but Punk slaps Cody across the face. Cody can't believe it, but before he can even react, Tyler Breeze hits both men with an over-the-top suicide somersault senton. 
Breeze throws Hall in the ring and nails him with a beauty shot for the pin in the win. So Punk is in the ring during the Great American Bash tribute to the troops with the Hall siblings. Cody, I don't know why you keep acting out. Are you trying to test me? Are you trying to see what you can get away with? Are you trying to say you know better than me? Because I just I just don't get it, Cody. We had a game plan, right? We said we're going to go out there, you're gonna hit the GTS, and then you're going to and then you're going to redeem yourself for this family, Cody. So why, 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 why did you go for a pin after hitting the razor's edge? Why? Am I a fool to you? Did everything I do for you mean nothing? I can't deal with you right now. I need to take a moment to collect myself before I say something that hurts you, Cody. Cassie, baby, daddy's a little stressed out. Come over here and rub daddy's shoulders. Punk sits down in the steel chair in the center like of the that. ring and closes like his eyes. Cody looks disgusted and Cassie looks terrified. Punk shouts, Cassie, come rub daddy's shoulders, baby. Cassie apprehensively walks behind Ick. him and starts to rub his shoulders. Ick. Punk looks Ick. to be relaxed now. He grabs the mic again and says, good job, baby girl. Now give nope. daddy a kiss. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Please stop. We know what uh, Travis is recommended on the hub. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like all this is Travis is like working out. He's beating him. Telling, now this. Uh, <laughs> this is all Travis. <laughs> I, yeah, except I'm not punk. <laughs> Um, All I see is primetime punk in the, in the middle of the ring. Now it's, this is this is my childhood being manifested. In this. <laughs> That's a joke, everybody at home. That's a joke, America. <laughs> um, uh, so Cassie is even more apprehensive now as she takes a couple steps away from punk. Punk stands and walks towards her. What's wrong, baby? You never had a problem kissing me before. You've always been daddy's girl, willing to do anything to please daddy. Punk says this as he backs Cassie into the corner. He grabs her face and that says, "Now don't get camera shy. You know what happened what la- what happened last time you refused to please daddy in front of a camera. Now give daddy a kiss." Nope. I hate <laughs> nope. <all of> this. <laughs> nope. Punk goes to kiss Cassie, but Cody pulls him off it off of her and shouts, "This wasn't part of the deal, Punk." Punk responds, "Deals change, Cody. I don't know who's a bigger disappointment. Your loser ass your deadbeat, drug-addicted, alcoholic father, or your whore sister. But you know what? Since you continuously disobey me, Cody, the deal's changing again. Now this deal doesn't include you at all. Punk smashes the microphone in the skull of Cody Hall and begins assaulting Cody repeatedly as Cassie jumps in to save her brother, but Punk backhands her to the mat. Punk is uh, stomping on Cody before picking him up and putting him on his shoulders. Cody is pouring blood now as Sam Punk signals for the GTS. Before he can hit it, however, Scott Music's Scott Hall's music hits and outruns Scott Hall. Punk drops Cody and rolls out of the ring and runs out through the crowd. Scott Hall shouts out to Punk as Punk stares back at him like a rabid animal. Would you uh, say the next... like a rabid Wolverine? Hmm. I would. <laughs> ah, mid. <laughs> uh, Scott Hall is out for the next episode of Rebellion. Punk, you and I have been doing the same song and dance for far too long. This isn't about wins and losses. This is about me being this isn't about me being an addict. It's not about me being a bad dad. It's about you being a slime ball, preying on the weak. Yeah, I've done my dirt, but that dirt allowed two beautiful flowers to blossom from it. Cody and Cassie are my everything. It took me way too long to realize it. 
Last night, you forced yourself on my daughter. You assaulted my son, and you had the audacity to put your hands on my daughter as well. This has gotten way out of hand. This stopped being business a long time ago. First, I wanted to be the champion. Then I just wanted to beat you in a wrestling match. Then I wanted to fight you, punk. But now, no, now I want to kill you. I want to... I want to grab you by that greasy hair of yours and rip that skull off your shitty tattooed shoulders. I want to pull your eyes from your head and shove them down your throat. I want to break every bone in your body, punk. I want to pull your heart from your chest and suffocate you with it. Punk, we're going to end this. We're going to end it once and for all, and only one of us is going to walk away. At Takeover Armageddon, it's CM Punk versus Scott Hall in the Hell in a Cell match. We're going to end this, and I'm going to end you. Scott Hall throws the microphone as he stares angrily into the camera. Uh, CM Punk is in the ring and all the, this is the next week. CM Punk is in the ring and all the lights are down except the spotlight on him. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is CM Punk. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I am straight edge and that means I'm better than you. I was attacked last week by a drug-addicted alcoholic maniac. Then he proceeded to make death threats. You know all about that sort of thing, don't you, Scott? Maybe the drugs and the alcohol have removed that memory from your brain, but let me catch you up. January 1983, the original Dollhouse Gentlemen's Club in Orlando, Florida. You had just a, a little bit too much to drink, popped one too many pills. You and this fella had your eyes set on the same girl. Maybe she liked him a little bit better. You didn't like that, though, did you, Scotty? No, you didn't like that. You dragged that man outside and you beat him half to death. When he grabbed a weapon to defend himself against you, a man twice his size, juiced to the gill on roids, alcohol, and methamphetamines, you took it away from him. You threw him onto the ground. You pointed the pistol between his eyes. You cocked the hammer back, and as that man screamed and begged you to spare him, as he pleaded with you, told you he had a family at home, you pulled the trigger and put a slug in his brain. D-O-A. Dead on arrival. It's funny that we don't talk about that much in this industry. I mean, you're famous. Your struggles with addiction are infamous. Yet this story and this man's, this man are a mystery. The best kept secret in wrestling, huh? Well, that's the thing about secrets. Someone always tells them. Scott, I don't think you deserve this fame, and I think he, the world, deserves to know the name of the man murdered by the bad guy. Rodney Perry Turner. Rodney Perry Turner is the man that never got to kiss his babies again, never got to tell his wife goodbye, all because a drug addict murdered him. What did Scott get for this? Millions of dollars and an insane amount of fame. Once again, the bad decisions are rewarded and the good die young. But I'm the bad guy. <laughs> All right. Scott, at TakeOver Armageddon, I'm getting vengeance for Rodney Perry Turner. I'm going to do to you what should have been done many, many years ago. All right. Time for the match. CM Punk's wearing black trunks with a white Punisher-style skull, black elbow pads and knee pads with white designs, black boots, black kick pads with white designs, white wrists, and forearm wraps with black X on his hands. Scott Hall's wearing black trunks with a red blood drip design with Hall written on the back. Black elbow and knee pads with red blood drip design. Black boots, black vest with a red blood, blood drip design with bad guy written on the back in red. Uh, Punk and Hall immediately start brawling to start the match. Both men landing stiff shots. Punk hits an overhead release belly-to-belly -belly suplex. Sam Punk hits a rope run DDT. 
Hall hits three jabs followed by a discus uh, punch. Hall hits a lariat to Punk in the corner followed by a diving bulldog off the top rope. Punk hits a Pepsi twist. Punk hits a step up knee, high knee to a Hall in the corner followed by a bulldog. Um, Punk hits a rope walk leg drop arm breaker. Hall hits a slingshot crossbody on Punk. Hall hits a jumping DDT on the apron. Punk hits a slingshot suicide somersault senton. Uh, smashing Hall into the cell wall. Hall hits a pile driver on the exposed concrete for a two count. Punk hits a springboard corkscrew crossbody. Punk hits a brain buster followed by a boot scrape as the crowd boos him. Hall hits a belly-to-back inverted slam. Hall sets up a ladder and hits Punk with a diving drop kick from the ladder. Hall hits a wrist lock uh, followed by multiple shoulder blocks. Punk hits a springboard clothesline. Punk climbs to the turnbuckle but sees the ladder on the outside uh, on the outside and jumps to the ladder. He climbs to the top and then climbs across the cage like, like monkey bars the top of the cell till he's dangling uh, right above Hall, dropping down for an elbow drop. Punk goes for the pin, but Hall kicks out at two. Hall hits a snake eyes on an exposed turnbuckle, and Punk is busted wide open. Hall hits a diving crossbody from the top rope. Punk hits a hammerlock leg sweep DDT. Punk hits a split-legged moonsault. Uh, Punk locks in in the Anaconda Vice, but Hall punches his way out of it. Hall hits an avalanche um, fallaway slam to the cell wall uh, to CM Punk. Hall hits a sit-out face buster from the top rope. Punk hits Hall with a wheelbarrow bulldog. Uh, Hall hits Punk with a jackknife powerbomb onto the steel steps. Hall hits a belly-to-back superplex for a two-count uh, on Punk. Punk hits a, a GTS for a two-and-a-half count on Hall. Punk follows this up with a razor's edge for another two-and-a-half. Uh, Hall hits Punk with a choke slam. Hall sets a table in the ring and puts Punk on it, and Hall goes to cl- uh, climbs on the ladder on the outside of the ring. But as he does, Punk rolls out of the table and to the outside uh, and begins climbing to the top of the ladder. Both men fight for a while until Punk hits a sunset bomb off the ladder to the cell wall uh, from Punk to Hall. A little later, raise, uh, Hall hits a razor's edge through the previously compromised cell wall, uh, sending Punk to the outside. A little later, Punk climbs to the side of the cell wall and leaps off with a diving crossbody. Both men end up on top of the cell, and a, and a Pepsi, and Punk teases a Pepsi plunge off the top of the cell, but it's reversed into a back body drop by Hall. Both men brawl on top of the cell for a while, but Punk gets the upper hand and goes for a GTS that gets reversed into a Hall buster on top of the cell from Hall. Scott Hall then hits a razor's edge on top of the cell, through the roof of the cell, and through the table into the ring. Hall drops down into the ring and pins CM Punk to end the match. The end. Is there confetti? This isn't a championship match, let me think. Yes. Mm, What color color is the confetti? Red. Um, So he murdered CM Punk. No. <laughs> it's That's no different than way to fall. It's if Mick Foley can do it twice and Rikishi can do it, then everyone else Rikishi can do didn't it. fall out through the cell. He fall fell from the top of it. Yeah, onto a uh, yeah. Yeah. Onto, what was it? Pine. It was a bed, was a bed of like 
And it he's got the, the back of a. It was onto the back of a pickup truck. Also, if he did kill Sam Punk, would any of us blame him? No, I mean, Sam Punk has proven to be an evil, evil man. Um. So, what was the guy's name that he murdered? <laughs> Rodney Perry Turner. <clears throat> Rodney Perry Turner was out, yep. and he they were fighting over the same girl. Um, you want the? Are you asking me for my storyline purposes? Or are you asking like for the factual Actual. information? Oh, uh, this is real. Yeah, he actually did this. That's what I'm saying. This oh is shit! It. No, I didn't know that was real. Um, but for your story, yeah, that's what the the he was. They were at a strip club, and well, as Sam Punk Rodney's says, fault. I don't blame Scott because Rodney was a married man at a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore. <laughs> His CM wife Punk was in the wrong. He's wife. I say she got. She's standing on the other side of the camera with a gun to his head. <laughs> uh, I liked it. I don't have a number yet, though. That so promo, that, that whole promo section just creeped me out too much. I'm gonna give you a point seven five. <laughs> wow! Wow! I hated it. I hated it so much. The whole you thing I just did, from the beginning to the end, I was out. I was okay. that, and that that was just the grossest thing I think we've ever heard on all. Good, of that was the point. That was the point. That was the point. And it wasn't you were supposed a good to be way. disgusted I was, by. I it. am disgusted. I'm disgusted good. by you for writing it. <laughs> okay, downright disgusted. Damn, I didn't do. I didn't go toxic enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did I, like that promo. You went toxic either. in a different way. Yeah, I went toxic in a different way. I didn't like that promo either, and it was gross. And like, I get what you were going for, but I still hated it. I wanted you to um, hate him. I wanted him to be the worst person in wrestling. Yeah, I I get that. Um, I'm gonna give you a four. I do think the storyline kind of went on a little too long, but. Um, fair enough. I think it was. I think it was a good match. To, to like I fair. said, that that promo wasn't great. <laughs> Y'all but, have been telling me telling me this pro this uh, feud's going on too long every single time. Even the first month, I haven't. You said it. <laughs> but no, y'all together, it. but it continuously gets high scores. Like it's not like it's over here. Like oh, it's going on too long. Point five or one or whatever. It's usually like in from a three point five to a four point five. I, I, I this is the first time I've said yeah, it's yeah. gone on too long. Fair enough. I've definitely said it was gone on too long. I really thought you were gonna have Punk versus Cody and maybe have nah, he's not all... ready for that. Yeah, that would have been a weird spot for this for the main event. But I honestly would have rather seen that. Was this for a championship? No. No, it's for each other's Hatred. blood. Yeah. <laughs> not having the championship. As your main event, oof. Well, this is night one. Night two is going to be the world championship main event. Oh, I guess you don't have two world titles. <laughs> and you have no, no I just have one. Division. I do have a women's division. Thunder Rosa versus oh. Sarah Del Rey is the women's division. So no women's main event. The P doesn't. The PTC P and PTC doesn't stand for progress. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. I thought you were gonna say pussy. It's, 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 it's for the patriarchy. Yeah, <laughs> patriarchy 
Travi wrestling. <laughs> um, damn, I didn't hate it. Like Mike, that threw him off. Like all of it. Holy shit, I was amazed by that. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for I that foot to drop it, this whole show. But I didn't necessarily love it. I don't know if it needed to be. You're. I was definitely tired. I remember now that I was definitely tired of it last time. Was this I think we're last tired of. I was definitely tired of it last. I think time. we're tired of Scott Hall drug addict. Few yeah, well, I already started it, yeah. so I can't can't end it now. And I'm, I had to, yeah, you could, just like, had to see it through, my boy. Good. Had to see it through, my boy. None of I us ever remembered. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you... Uh, man, and that fucking Razor's Edge spot. And then he drops down. It's just... Uh, just it's um, literally the same uh, thing that can't. Undertaker chokeslammed Mankind through the fucking cage and then dropped down. Did he? Yes. Oh, Triple boy. H it fucking it back thing. body drop mankind through the cage and then drop down. Yeah, definitely. This is how this is how this is a hell of a self trope. <laughs> it's not like I made this up. At least I didn't have I'm, a fucking never mind. You didn't do the pile driver through the cell. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> this is so weird. He killed him. Um <laughs> I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a four. Okay. For the, mostly for the match. I don't. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever, I don't care how, I, how I get the points as long as I get them. <laughs> I hate that you put the belt on. By the way, <sighs> had to. Okay, that's Mike, I'm done. This, I don't this, have anything this, else to do. This this is your part. This is your There's job. Nothing now. after. Well, I didn't no. know that. I, I thought Demon didn't read him for some reason. All right. Uh, so that's book it for this week. We're going to do plugs. Because, yeah. Try, uh, Keith, do you got plugs? Yeah, you can follow book it, T13, on social medias. Follow T13 on TikTok. The Tiki Talkie. Hit us up. Tell us what you liked about uh, Travis's show. And tell us what you liked about all of our shows. And who do you think won? Okay, Damone. Uh, you can follow okay. me on the TikTok and the Twitter at dumbmoneyt13. That's D A M O N E Y T, the number one, the number three. Travis, follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at I am Travi T. That is I A M T R A V V Y T on all social media. You can find me on Twitter, HiFi underscore Mike. You can find all the shows on Two One Three Media Network on our website at Two One Three Media dot com. That was Book It. See ya. Bye.